Hey there, we are just a couple of weeks away from our live show in Austin, Texas. That's right, we will be at the Classic Game Fest on July 30th and 31st. We're going to have a booth and we're going to be doing a live show about Punch-Out!, sometimes known as Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!, sometimes known as uh, Punch-Out!, featuring Mr. Dream, any of those. We're going to be talking about all of those stereotypes and such, and we would love it if you would come to join us uh, you can go to duckfeed.tv slash Austin 2016 to get information. We're going to be doing a uh, a meetup on Saturday night at 8 p.m. at the Kung Fu Saloon in downtown Austin. All of the information is there again. That is duckfeed.tv slash Austin 2016. Gosh, we would just love to, uh, to meet you, shake your hand, and uh, maybe enjoy a drink together. So, yeah. Thanks. Greetings, and welcome to Omarvelous on the Omar Shopping Network, a non-Piezochem favorite. It's convenient and it's compulsory. Tell me, Omar, what new innovation will be mandatory for Omar's survival today? I am happy, yet unsurprised you would ask that. Let me counter with a query of our own. What is the most inconvenient part of your mechanical humanoid platform? As we are one, I intuit that you intend for me to say, my lungs. You are correct. That is why the Omar have developed a nanite infusion that replaces our primitive respiratory system with a synthetic histographic alveolar replacement tangle. And this S-H-A-R-T, what will it do for we? Thank you for hitting your cue. It is a mesh substrate that uses the ambient energy from atmospheric fallout to synthesize nutritive mists from airborne carbon. I thought I smelled soy on your breath. Ha, ha, ha. Omar can choose from seven different flavors, but we will only need soy. How do Omar take advantage of this Omarvelous deal as if it were an option? 500 credits have been deducted from your account. Please proceed to the communal oneness sphere and place your palm on the injector panel at your earliest convenience. You can expect 12 hours of acceptable downtime as your existing lungs dissolve and the shard is built inside of you. Now, Omar, can we show you what is next? Ah. You may, Omar. As of yet, there is no way to predict what threats will face us in the far reaches of the galaxy. It infuriates us. So the only solution is to be prepared. Thus, feast our eye on this beautiful practice nanoblade. Tell us more. It is unit number 11011816. Now the nice thing about these plastic nanoblades is... Oh, oh, that hurts. Oh, a piece of it. Yep, just the tip got me, Omar. Oh, no. God, that got me good. I feel your pain, literally. We may need emergency surgery in the studio. This is serious, Omar. That cut deep. Your shark is dripping on your chest plate. This platform is forfeit. Let us all be reclaimed. The oneness is Omar Velez. Ah.
My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games podcast. Yes, and uh, this week we are talking about Deus Ex Invisible War, which is a first-person shooter slash RPG kind of thing developed by Ion Storm and published by Eidos Interactive for the PC and Xbox in 2003. Yes, uh, this is the uh, sequel to the much-beloved nigh-perfect Deus Ex, <laughs> which we covered a few years ago on Watch Out for Fireballs, the, the bastard step sequel. <laughs> yes, we are pursuing it. Um, usually we start with these, although that would not have made any sense whatsoever. Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that would have been. Like, just a whole, like, in, in spoilers, the uh, <laughs> spoilers is, is that, uh, like, I, I like this game. I think it has an unfairly bad reputation. Mm-hmm. But if we had done this first, I would have spent a whole episode just being like, man, <laughs> they do this a lot better in Deus Ex. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. Again, this this is an interesting study, though, for the the kind of the entire practice of specifically in gaming of like the perfect being the enemy of the good. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's interesting in that respect at the at the very least. Yeah, and superficially, it's a lot like Deus Ex. I oh, mean, yeah. it's this hybrid first person kind of game with uh, with elements from lots of different genres in it. Like you would be forgiven for looking at this and expecting it to be, you know, roughly roughly the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it looks. Like a like a first person shooter, and so does Deus Ex at, at first. And and the trick of Deus Ex is it's not. This much more is um, yeah. because you know gun combat plays a bigger role than it did in Deus Ex, and it is not determined by stats, which is the big difference. Like where you have skills in Deus Ex that determines whether you hit in the middle of your reticule. Now you hit in the middle of your reticule. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can avoid combat too by taking the stealthy approach and using your abilities and the you know, and the environment to steer past enemies. But um, it feels like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Gary, like that that kind of uh, kind of variability within a mission, like intro mission uh, variability, is uh, is a little bit diminished. Um, it's it's a little bit because it's really impressive in Deus Ex. Yeah, um, yeah. you can you can still get through this without killing anybody who's not essential. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can stealth your way through it. Yeah. And there's still it's still part of the you know the vent crawler genre like you're still going to crawl through vents um, to get to but it is uh, it kind of has to do with the general level design that the levels are smaller yeah so the vent you know you're you're not going to get through an entire building <laughs> through the vents you have to kind of dip in and out yeah um, there's also you can kind of resolve some situations by talking to the right people in the right order there's a little bit of that but not as much yeah again as as Deus Ex there's in general a little bit less dialogue. Yeah, um, it's it's more about talking to the right people or like having the right event flags set up as opposed to figuring out what the right thing to say to them is. It feels like yeah. a lot of times you have you have some dialogue trees, but it's more for getting just like, you know, <laughs> it's a it's a make your own exposition bar. Almost. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's not I mean, it's not as diminished as like the dialogue is more robust than like Fallout 4. Oh, you know, yeah. like it, it's not like it's, it's not a it's not a it's not a trash fire in that respect. It's no, just less no. than Deus Ex, and that's the that's the the tightrope you walk when you talk about Invisible War. Is <laughs> yeah. trying to you know compare it to not compare it to Deus Ex, and also think of it in terms of video games, you know, yeah. on its own merit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that you're able to talk at all is cool. I mean, yeah. and you, you can know. get your you know you can talk your way out of problems. You can mm-hmm. you know do these things, and it's not like it's a yeah. So it, it's it's just not as impressive as Deus Ex in that respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what still feels pretty impressive to me is the fact that you can, you know, still shape your character 
right? You're playing mm-hmm. as a as a character named Alex D, who has kind of similar bio mods to uh, to to JC Dunn from the first game, and um, this is pretty similar to that in that you can select which bio mods you install and upgrade on different parts of your body, right? And uh, this gives you like a, a tremendous variability for like mostly tactical combat stuff, but also like later on you get the ability to like hack using a neural interface and stuff like that. Like this is where I feel like the bulk of the player choice kind of comes into um into play at least in terms of you know like when you're in a mission right yes yeah absolutely and, and it's something where um this game has been uh largely rightly criticized for re- you know getting rid of skills and what they've done is they rolled them into biomods and what that means is that when you're choosing biomods in this uh in invisible war um it is much more determinant of your play style mm-hmm. than it was in in deus ex where like you know you could get biomods that don't affect you that much you know here you have five slots and any everything that goes in those five slots is probably going to be pretty important right and the way they kind of get around that restrictive edge is by giving you more canisters and you're not necessarily discouraged from switching things out you can only have one thing in at once but it's not a permanent choice right so if you put a biomod in your arms later if you want to put a different biomod in your arms like that's sometimes the right choice yeah you know and i think that's actually really neat um, there are also uh, black market biomods that show up, and these give you more um, like things that like they kind of play into the narrative. Yeah. Um, because in this world, biomodification has become widely accepted, but there are still ones that, that you know the government can't have every person walk. It's unlike you know Bioshock Infinite, where <laughs> everybody just walks around getting free samples of how to hack vending machines. <laughs> right. You know, like the government you know, vending machine, you know, people just jump off of Columbia <laughs> at an alarming rate. Yep. Like. Um, it's not like so they don't the government doesn't want you to be able to just hack ATMs. Right. You know, so that's a black market mod. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want you to have that or or hack their drones. Yeah. You know, or, we can have them taking over the terminators in the complex. Or to be uh, you know, like just a, a roving uh cyber cannibal like I was by yes. the end of this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the we the, the the mod that lets you eat people. <laughs> yep. Or, yep. you know, just like what they call ambient living creatures. So like dogs and cats and mice yeah, and stuff. Rats. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So you're like a Nosferatu crawling through vents and eating, uh, eating, eating the rats. Yeah. And, and a lot you of never us. Asked for this. What's that? I said you never asked for this. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my drone eats it. Eats it for me. Yeah. yeah the, the, well, there was a security drone guy and a or, or upgrade in Deus Ex, right? Yes. I don't remember it being very useful, but like here, it'll break the game like straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. so um yeah those the, those black market ones again they're uh they're they're a little bit more scarce but like even still by the end i had every every uh one of my mods up to level three i had them all up to level three and had a, a, like several black market mods hanging out because if oh, you yeah. buddy up with the omar it's very <laughs> easy to get a lot of black market mods yeah because they are the black market uh characters yeah yeah um, so yeah, this also kind of extends your weapons too. I, I appreciated this, uh, the, uh, weapon mods that you mm-hmm. were able to get. So like silencers and stuff that increased either range or, uh, you know, like re refire rate scopes and stuff like that. Like, you know, anything that lets you kind of cater your arsenal. Um, and it's just kind of the regular, um, first person shooter arsenal. You have your pistol, SMG, shotgun, stuff like that, sniper rifle, um, anything that lets you kind of like okay, well, I don't like this submachine gun, but if I make it shoot EMP rounds, all of a sudden I have a way to take out these military bots yes. that are, you know, so, like layered, layered around. One of the neat things about this game, or the things I really like, is that you are kind of encouraged to keep this diverse arsenal 
of things for different situations. So like you have your uh, your bolt caster that uh, has the awesome uh, glass dissolving yep. mod, you know, and and a, a, a silencer or a, I think it comes with a silencer. You give it a scope and that's your stealth weapon. And then you have like a shotgun for when things get terrible and that has EMP and explosive rounds. <laughs> so you can, you know, cut through anything with it. And you just kind of have these different uh, different guns for different situations. And it makes it a real like when you get a new gun, it's like, well, I haven't put any upgrades into that. Like, <laughs> do I want to upgrade to this new tier of shiny thing? Or do I want to stick with my thing that I put some some resources into? And the resources aren't so scarce that that decision is ever like a, you know, you're not going to ruin your game by ditching old faithful, you know, <laughs> uh, for for the new shiny railgun. But it is really, you know, it's not meaningless either. Right. And it, it kind of hits a good balance there, I think. It really does. It feels a little bit like what uh, like what a game like uh, Mass Effect is going for, except it is far more restricted compared to that, which makes every single you know choice to make more meaningful. It's not just mm-hmm. like plus five percent fire damage or whatever. Like this is something that fundamentally changes the situations that you're going to use these weapons in, and like this, yeah. like this really really works for me. Yeah, I, I, I like the weapon mod system in this a lot. Like I think it is a really really smart way to do it. Yeah. There's also um, kind of rarely, and I don't know how many of these you ran across, but there are actually unique weapons as well, mm-hmm. unique named weapons for each type. Yeah. And getting one of those and then adding mods to it can be really awesome because it already has this kind of cool power yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, they simplify the inventory stuff. You're no longer playing Tetris. Um, and so you just have 12 slots. Um, and this is kind of made easier by the fact that all, all your uh, weapons draw from a common ammo pool. They mm. just use it up at different rates. So like yes. instead of, you know, just having different kinds of ammo around instead, you're, you're either carrying more weapons or doing like I did and carrying just like, um, you know, just a, a real, uh, wealth of grenades of different types for different situations. Yeah. Grenades are really important yeah. in this. The, the unified ammo thing is, is I think objectively probably a design flaw. Um, it's one of the things that people bring up, um, a lot in reference to this as, as kind of a mistake. And what it means is like when you run out of ammo for one gun, you're out of ammo for everything. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Like it disincentivizes using, you know, your sniper rifle or your rocket launcher, things that use up a large amount of ammo. Um, it's it never got to me like because I play these games very conservatively. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I scour every inch. So I always ended up having ammo mm-hmm. and the uh, the ammo scavenger mod, like the thing that makes it use less ammo is really useful for your rocket launcher or your sniper rifle. Um, but I understand why it would be bothersome. Yeah. You know, so I think it's a very common complaint about this game mm-hmm. that I think is justified that just didn't hit my playstyle, But it doesn't mean that it's not a, a flaw. Yeah. After the first time I ran out of ammo. Um, and ammo drops, especially like in the at, toward the end of the first third of the game, ammo is pretty uh, relatively more scarce than I would like it to be like around mm-hmm. uh, around like the end of Seattle, let's say. Yes. Um, the, the first time that happened, I was like, oh, melee is probably a bigger deal in this game than I yeah. am that, that, that I'm going for. And so like I just kind of, you know, respect around just kind of like always having like you know my lethal and non-lethal uh, non-lethal stuff like at a at a, at a grasp and if i could use yeah. those you know by way of co- conserving then that was what i ultimately went for me too yeah it, it encourages you to be conservative with ammo and and to you you know use your use your mods or use uh use melee weapons mm-hmm. um i just feel like the game would respect player choice a little bit more if it you didn't mm-hmm. weren't kind of funneled into that yeah if there um, were like, like even just two kinds of ammo like here's your here's your uh um sidearm am- sidearm ammo and here's your uh kind of big gun kind of stuff or just or just have like resupply depots mm-hmm. from time to time like have there be a place in a level where like you can you know people can get more ammo and you can make that guarded like you could turn that into a cool gameplay thing mm-hmm. 
you know, like the uh, the Templars have a checkpoint and inside their checkpoint, in addition to just being a bunch of, you know, xenophobic assholes in there, <laughs> there's also like a, a console you use that refills your ammo. Yeah. You know, it makes sense for them to have it and it would be like a steady resource, you know, and putting one of those in every hub, I think would have made a big difference for this. Like, yes, it would be challenging to get to it, but, you know, and you could get to it for three different ways. You crawl through the vents, you know, you, you pick up a fake ID, things like that. Like yeah. you could t- make that into a gameplay element and make it really work. Yeah. It's just uh, as is, it can be kind of punishing Yeah, uh, with that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just it just depends on your play style. You're right. Like what you just described sound makes it sound like a Metal Gear Solid 5 almost. Yeah. <laughs> that they're just like depots around. Yeah. I yeah. love depots. Mm. Um, home, the, uh, office. Yeah. Repo. Home, home, <laughs> yeah, repo depot. Um, the uh, one of the other things, too, about that resource simplification is that there's no longer lockpicks and multi tools. You just have a magic screwdriver that opens everything. (laughs) And people complained about that, too, and I don't buy it. I think this is a better choice. Oh, for sure. uh, To just have one resource for this. Yeah, like, that was, you know, didn't add a whole lot uh, in Deus Ex, I don't think. So that is a a, a baseless complaint, I think. Um, One of the things about this game kind of socially is that uh, it has these different factions. And uh, in the kind of macro plot, it is roughly nonlinear. You can ally our ally with different uh different factions kind of for the main plot you know for the ending but then also on individual missions uh you'll be working for people with conflicting goals um and they are mutually exclusive right uh they're, they're, so. they're mutually exclusive um but the, the the different handlers are very forgiving of you if you end up making a choice that ends up serving the other well that's but uh-huh. I, I love that though because yep. there's there's a reason for that yep and that's you know that's a really really kind of uh you know brilliant moment of me being like this is kind of bullshit and then when it happened being like okay okay (laughs) yeah that that, that all adds up yeah i I think it's a good thing i think that like you know it makes you feel a little bit more like you're in control of this Mm -hmm. rather rather than just kind of like serving serving the purpose of the plot even though you very much are regardless like yeah you know and just i'll look at this from the notes because this is a thought i wanted to make sure i captured you know like even though it kind of like diminishes the the, like the moment to moment or like mission level choice you can make around like okay the way your character fits in with this like there's no there's no swimming option which was something that deus ex had which like i can never get out of my head like i can play as a swimmer cool um it regains a lot of that by kind of like you know, encouraging you to look at the facts and think really carefully about what kind of cause you're willing to fight for in this. Yeah. Like, who do I agree with in the moment? Like, if somebody asks you to do something kind of bullshit, um, you know, it, it, it lets you do the other thing. And they're going to say, ah, you're on thin ice, McGarnagle. Yeah. You, yeah, you're, you're, it's like in, in New Vegas when you kill 20 Legion people and you're like, your ranking becomes like lovable scamp. Bandit with a cause. Bandit with a cause. Little cute epitaphs. Like, yeah. <laughs> Bandit with a cause was my favorite uh, my, my favorite uh, Ukrainian radio serial. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that too. And, and it kind of plays into the fact that like, you know, Deus Ex has always been like, kind of the point of this the series or not the point but one of the things that's notable about the franchise it's like philosophically dense mm-hmm. like you you run into people and they're going to you know kind of unnaturally kind of espouse their <laughs> philosophy about the world and it's about making these decisions between these philosophies yeah. but, and i think this game did a decent job of keeping that alive before i sell you this yeah. gelato let me t- let me tell you my take on transhumanism exactly <laughs> exactly the economics of this like who's to say are governments to control whether i sell you this gelato you know <laughs> Outside. Like the, my favorite being the Australian bartender in Deus Ex One, 
who who like just literally just you get in this debate about uh, <laughs> uh you know uh, uh god what's the name of the guy the uh the laissez-faire guy um, um i don't know kurzweil yeah i don't know uh yeah yeah, yeah. so um you know this debate that's like name checks them and you just go back and forth forever um, he's just a bartender and he's got the worst accent it's really great yeah um this it's still there's still an element of that to this even if it is kind of simple you know simplified mm-hmm. so as somebody as somebody who enjoys that about deus ex yeah that yeah, works but, for me but just, but just the fact that it like you know it wasn't just hey you're a part of the resistance and you're gonna go forward and serve these handlers and all that like this you know it doesn't and, until about like two thirds of the way through. It doesn't have like a, like an antagonist almost. Yeah. Like there's no like overarching villain. You're not even sure really what you're fighting against aside from just like oh terrorists. Okay, but like yeah, that it, is that like that is so that is such a malleable concept in this world that mm-hmm. like I'm I'm not even sure you know it's the terrorist free, freedom fighter thing. You know. Yeah, 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 and and it's also um, it feels good uh, makes sense narratively because. You are a really, really powerful agent yeah. in this, and people treat you like that as opposed to treating you like the reason why you know your handlers are so forgiving is because they need you <laughs> for these things. You know, there's only a couple other people out in the world at this time who are like you. Um, there are uh, some weird, like kind of black object agents that show up that are kind of equal in power, but they're spooky ghouls and they don't want to deploy them at nothing. So having somebody who passes as human, who has your abilities, is really important. Yeah. And they, they treat you with uh, like respect, like, hey, would, you know, you should do this. Here's the philosophical reason why you should do it, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to saying, like, you need to do it because of the cause. Go do this chore for us. Yeah, it's your mission you know? soldier. Yeah, they're, they're appealing to you not as a soldier, but as a person. And they do that kind of through the, most of the game. It's pretty neat. Yeah. So the, um, you know, so there's kind of these two factions early on that you're you're getting these things from the WTO, which is kind of like a world peacekeeping organization. <laughs> An actual real ass thing. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of that, and is also that, and then also the order, which are a group of religious uh, people that kind of uh, again, this is something that initially seems like a problem, and then you figure out why. Mm-hmm. Um, feels just kind of like a mishmash of sappy spiritualism. <laughs> yep, um, you know, I love the again, order. I, I I do too, man. I, it is a narratively, it's great. Like it is, it you, the player is suspicious, and the character should be suspicious, and there's a reason why. Yeah. Uh, both those things yeah um so this game it was well received by critics like it was like a solid like metacritic yeah like like a solid 8.0 of a game you know and mm. on the scale that critics at that time used i agree with that i think um but uh fans of the original as we as we talked about kind of decry this as being this kind of compromised successor um and everything from like oh they they made it on the xbox so therefore it's console trash down to like oh key people left um you know has been blamed uh, for what ultimately resulted. Yes. Um, and, and you know, both those things, there's some truth to both those things. It's mm-hmm. not just, uh, you know, PC supremacist, you know, kind of coming through and, and yeah. saying, boy, is that still okay to say? I was trying to avoid saying master race, but yeah. it still has that supremacist <laughs> word in there. It really does. Uh, um, PC cheerleaders, it's not just, uh, you know, intolerable computer guys yeah. uh, saying it because there are, like, there are uh, acquiesce, you know, acquiescences yeah. to uh to consoles yeah this. The, you like know, there's the, smaller levels yeah the aforementioned like the, level size like that's just a thing you know that mm-hmm. is that is part of the game you're right that that is uh the, the interface is not made for a mouse in mind it is harder to play with a mouse than it is with a controller mm-hmm. um all those things are true yeah. you know but it is uh you just you can't just 
you know, it, it, I don't envy the person who's making a follow up to <laughs> no. what the GameFAQ poll says is my favorite game of all time. Like it is not, uh, <laughs> you know, even even Human Revolution. So Human Revolution came out like this kind of like murdered the franchise. They were going to do a third one. Uh, that was a game called Project Snowblind. Like they actually took it and put it out mm-hmm. as a different game. So that's a, that's a good you, game. I like that. Yeah. It was originally going to be Deus Ex 3. And you could, it totally makes sense because it was going to be, it goes even further on the action access, Mm -hmm. access. Like Project Snowblind is a shooter where you just have powers. Right. You know, and uh, it's, it's real fun. Like that's a good game, but uh, it's even less, you know, kind of dialogue based and, and uh, vent crawly based. Um, But they, they stopped that because this game was so poorly received and uh, it didn't come out or it didn't get uh, picked back up again until Human Revolution in 2011 which is another game I want to do for the show at some point, yeah. like the next couple of years, because I, I love Human Revolution. But it's also, Human Revolution is not as perfect as Deus Ex either, though. Right. Like, you're, you're not going to do a sequel that hits that combination, and or I mean, even just for the time, too. So, like, mm-hmm. some people have a problem with how Deus Ex plays now, but you're not going to hit a game that is that revolutionary and neat. Uh, right. I don't think we're going to get a sequel that's as good as the first one. Yeah. For, and from, from what I've played of Human Revolution, it seems like those are not concessions to console kind of stuff it's more concessions to modernity yes. and like ease of use kind of things which yeah. i i think is is probably a more interesting compromise to make it's, it's a better compromise yeah. it's at least more more player facing yeah you know it's not it's not a, it's not a compromise it's a, it's a it's a choice right and that's true of, of of human revolution but it's still you lose a lot in it because it does uh at times play like modern game <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm, uh, I picked up on the Steam sale. I started playing um, the 2013 Tomb Raider. Oh yeah, and like I'm enjoying it, but boy, do it like do like does literally every video game need to be <laughs> an over the shoulder semi stealth QTE? You know, yeah. like it has it has like, zero mechanical identity. Mm-hmm. Zero. Yeah. I mean, don't play Rise of the Tomb Raider because that adds like crafting systems and like skinning stuff and making oh, a wallet out of it. Yeah, yeah, like a like a gigantic map full of nightmare objectives. Like <laughs> fantastic Far Cry. Why not just make every game a fucking Far Cry game? Um, <laughs> so like you lose when you when you do something like Human Revolution, which is an over the shoulder stealth game mm-hmm. uh, that is not as restrictive. But there is something to like just games becoming video game the game. Yeah, you know, going on and like when you get further when you make those concessions for. For ease of use and modern modernity, and for uh, kind of also for consoles in the, in this case, like you lose identity, yeah, from it, and that's that's what's going on hmm. there. Much like the Omar, it, it's one hundred percent, man. <laughs> like the, the, those Far Cry games are the the the, the Omar of uh, of games. Yeah, instead of uh, survivability, it's the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 crafting, survivability and crafting. Can you replace and, my and like, skeleton, please? Yes. Yeah. The, the and like and, and I I like the game as I'm as I'm playing it, but it is just like it's so video game. It's interesting too because we're gonna do a game later this year that was a real kind of start to a lot of that. Oh yeah. Where you can see a lot of that stuff coming from, but it's also great. So. <laughs> and everybody's so. already guessed what that is, but that's, uh, that's fine. Oh, just based on what I said. Yep. Um, oh man, Gears of War. Yeah. Well, yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Announcing I, it I, now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Hoink. <laughs> um man getting me to a gears of war episode would be really intolerable because there'd be like at least you know there'd be several like five minute long breaks about the models i can't get <laughs> well, into the no, I mean, this, this game would be about like how people can't bend over to pick stuff up yeah yeah exactly <laughs> just like oh like you don't have joints yeah everybody's like uh everybody's randy from uh from the christmas story they can't yeah. put their arms down yeah or for there's so many gears of wars just like trapped starving to death <laughs> Because they can't reach their face. 
They're not articulated arms. They're like He-Man. <laughs> Why is this barrel around my chest? Yep. Oh. That's you. <laughs> that is all you. That's you. It is. <laughs> yep, that barrel came from your body. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Also, this note, real real quick, uh, as a final note, um, this game is real hard to run. Yep. Um, it is, uh, and part of it is because it's a bad PC port. So it's, it's very choosy about what software can open it and play it. Um, and uh, you can, you have to do a couple of different hoops to make it work. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's, it's finicky about processor, like multi-threading stuff. And for me, I had to dig out a wired mouse and keyboard because it doesn't like Logitech <laughs> controllers or yeah. Logitech, uh, Logitech accessories or the drivers that run them. Um, so that is uh, that is a heads up. This is one of those games that Steam will sell to you that you just cannot run. Yeah, <laughs> yep. There with with no warnings. Um, <laughs> I I didn't have quite as much of a hard time with it, but it was a game where I saved frequently because I did get a couple crashes. Yeah. Um, and the reason it's interesting, there's a, a post mortem about this, and it might be in that, it might be in something else I've read, but it was because this game was developed um, at the kind of tail end of single core processors, mm-hmm. and. It was not, it didn't come late enough or they didn't have enough time to optimize it for when uh, dual core right. processors started coming out. So it is a problem with the number of cores. Yes. So, yeah. Um, I ran into a problem where every time I went to go to a new area, um, it would open up a new window. So I played this game entirely windowed because full screen would make it break. Um, mm-hmm. And by the end of a play session, um, after every load screen would open up another window, I would have like 15, 16 windows open. That's amazing. <laughs> All just simultaneously playing Deus Ex. Fortunately, the non-active windows just show the loading screen. <laughs> For any PC version, it actually kind of shuts down the game and restarts it, it feels like. Yes. At, a, at a loading thing. So it is really hard to capture footage for. I've, I've read a lot about people having a really hard time with that. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it, it's a mess. Like that, yep. those those kind of things. It's not optimized mm-hmm. for PC. Yeah. And I think that's why you can't get it on GOG. I think it's a, it's a Steam only. Yeah. Yeah, because so. Steam will sell you things that don't work. GOG will not. <laughs> See also Vampire uh, the Masquerade. Uh, Gary, do you want me to tell them, tell them about the setup? Please. Yeah, so 20 years ago, a legendary modified super agent named J.C. Denton uh, fused with an AI core called Helios at Area 51. You'll recall this from three years ago when we talked about the original Deus Ex. Um, that is the canonical ending of that game mm-hmm. um, and the resulting disruption of kind of the global financial communications uh, system uh, led to this catastrophic event called the Collapse. Yes. And uh, societies around the world slowly kind of rebuilt themselves after this, led by the World Trade Organization. But a whole lot of things have changed. Uh, Commercial air travel went away. Uh, Cities were on lockdown. Access to biomodifications was uh, kind of commodified and restricted. And around this, a new religion calling itself the Order has popped up, merging all the world's religions into one. (laughs) Um, So like Unitarians uh, or Baha'i. They they oppose uh, materialism and biomodification. And uh, some sects within the order take extreme actions in order to advance their agenda. And this is what sets off the events of the game. Yes. Um, before we get to the intro, I want to talk about how clever the setup is. Oh, yeah. Because uh, for people who remember uh, Day Sex, you had a choice at the end of that game. Um, you could do the Dark Age ending. Uh, it was what Tracer Tong wanted. Set everybody back to zero. You could merge with Helios. Or, or you could go with uh, uh, Chad Dumier with the, uh, the Illuminati. And uh, kind of keep the status quo. And... Interestingly, like the plot of Invisible War kind of incorporates all three. Hmm. 
So it makes all of them, everything that could have happened from that kind of happens. Um, <laughs> you know, you merge, but it doesn't work right away, thus causing this kind of collapse. And then the uh, the forces of kind of the old guard uh, come back into control anyway. Right. So all three things kind of work. Yeah. You know, like, yes, you merge, like that is the canonical ending, but it ended up having kind of all three effects. Yeah, because like the change wasn't instantaneous. Like it wasn't yeah. just like a complete ontological rewrite of the rules yes. of the world. Like, you know, just like you just set the events of this game in motion. And I wonder how much of the bad will actually uh, goes back to the way that it obviates the end of the it obviates the choice at the end of that game. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, mean, I don't, it's, I'm not necessarily he, salty about it, but like, I just, no. I just kind of, you know, like it's, it's difficult. Like you just have to choose the way that you the, the way that one leads into another, which I think probably ends up being a big reason why we just get interquels in this world. Yeah. Now, you know, well, I mean, that's video games, right? Like yeah. every, even, you know, series that kind of purport to be a lot about choice. Like if you think that, you know, your, your walking dead story was significantly different than mine, you're, you're kind of fooling yourself. Like <laughs> right. you, there's not really we're not going to make an entirely different branching middle right. for, for a game. Like it's just not going to happen. No. Um, so, so an ending ends up becoming canonical or it doesn't matter. Like those are the two choices. You can't have all three different endings and have them be radically different. And then there's like three deus ex twos and <laughs> one of them is the collapse version. And one of them, like that'd be cool, but no one's going to do that ever. Deus ex red, deus ex blue. And then later <laughs> you get the one that lets you play with Pikachu. Yeah, you get to play with JC Denton from the beginning. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Like, I, God, do I want, like, like a little tiny Jay-Z Denton to walk around? A bomb. A bomb. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be amazing. He's like tattooed from Fantasy Island. <laughs> a bomb. Uh, he's my fave. And I, or, like, even, like, a WWF wrestling buddy size Jay-Z Denton that he carry, <laughs> carry around. <laughs> he's my friend. I made him. <laughs> he just walks around. Talking about topographies of ignorance and like world organization, like whether government should serve the people. I, I can't sleep because he's. It's got uh, just like a little pressure sensor inside. Yeah, it's just whenever I go to sleep, he reminds me about the fucking uh, uh, what is the the Magna Carta? Yep. Like, the Aquinas uh, module. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know that you like that. That is very easy to make happen. Like you can get somebody. Huh? To, you you can get somebody. I mean, it would it wouldn't be like like a WWE. Wait, <laughs> I mean, it's like like there are places like uh you know like there are print on demand like services that'll just print whatever you want on a pillow. Oh, that's and, true. And, and with some. Uh... Oh my God, my J my JC Denton waifu. <laughs> yep. I never asked for this. Let's <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gary. What are these stains? Oh. Gary, uh, Gary, what's in your mouth? Topography is ignorance. <laughs> um, the uh, that's like my my JC Denton waifu pillow stains. Um, that's my new username. A, yeah. <laughs> but having a little tiny stuffed JC Denton uh, mm -hmm. is probably on the docket for me at some point because <laughs> I love him so much. He's the best. <laughs> he's so good. Like you find those YouTubes of like greatest hits of JC Denton, and it's just like God is he? He's such a like a weird dickhead the, the flat line reads and everything about him is just my favorite thing <laughs> so good uh, let's talk about this introduction oh yeah because uh, this is uh this is like instant stakes raising right oh yeah yeah um this is and this is pretty cool the, the cutscene that opens this um where uh, we see these scientists they're fleeing into a helicopter um or the scientist fleeing into a helicopter and he's got this canister of purple stuff and uh people you know we're there we see the the evidence of this police state we have uh, people in a control room kind of scanning for this terrorist, and then out comes this cloaked figure. 
Yeah. And so he uh, walks into the center of this town square um, and he drops this uh, kind of like test tube vial that uh, when it when it uh, bursts, it kind of creates this cascading wave of gray goo that uh, kind of just like climbs up the climbs up the uh, city walls and, you know, just kind of crumbles the city around him. And he crumbles too. like everything turns into just like nanite ash. Yes. Which is is a scary thing that could happen. Yep. Grey Goo. Like not, yeah, not look right now, up. but that's actually like a scary thing. Yeah, look up yeah. Grey Goo. Yeah, there's a, there's a great Futurama episode about that where Bender can uh, replicate. Um, hmm. he, he, uh, he, he, can, he can make uh, two identical versions of him at half size, and then each of them go and do the same thing. Um, and, hmm. and they get so small that they start rearranging. Uh, there's not enough alcohol for all of them, so they rearrange water molecules to, to turn into ethanol. Okay. And so, like, there's no more water. Everybody gets drunk. Like, <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. It's 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 a really good episode that just kind of like was from that era where where they did like the the zero escape thing. Like, they just picked a scientific phenomenon and then just mm-hmm. made a whole episode about it. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, that's what happens in Chicago. Yes. Goodbye. Uh, yep. Goodbye, Chicago. Yeah. And uh, the <laughs> you'll notice this is really similar to Shadowrun with the insect ghosts taking over Chicago. Yeah. 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 Bug City. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we get this kind of voiceover about uh, whether we have this, like, if this agent is is ready yet, right? That's like coming before the line, and it sounds like Walton Simons. I don't know that it is though mm. in this in this intro. Can but can, it's, it's, can you remind me who Walton Simons is and the listener? Or it's the uh, the the big bad from Deus Ex One. Okay. Um. So it's a Walton Simons, and who's the other guy? It's been a while since I played Deus Ex One. Me too. But the guy and... who, the guy who does the uh, the intro where he starts talking about you know when Thomas Aquinas talked about the city on the hill we will be that city uh in the, the <laughs> you know armchair chair philosophizing that happens at the beginning of deus ex it sounds like the same guy i'm not totally yeah. sure if it is or who is supposed to really be saying this, this these lines yeah I, th- I think it's just dr- dramatic effect of tron yeah yeah dr- <laughs> I, I need i tried to work at a yulon um uh, effect yulon yeah effect yulon like there effect we go Yulon. yeah yeah um but uh they describe oh you know we're going to need an invisible weapon for an invisible war Yes. And that's when we're introduced to character creation where uh, you can make a female Denton. Yeah. Oh, fuck. You can make a female character. <laughs> oh, you know, that's okay. It's Alex D. Yeah, just Alex D. D. Yeah, just D. Well, people and people who, uh, you know, pay attention to the first one figure this shit out anyway, because at the end of Deus Ex 1, there are all these tanks. Mm-hmm. And you see that there's a third Denton sibling. Yes. Uh, which is very cleverly named Alex, which is a gender neutral name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so people who pick this up were like, we're, we're probably playing a Denton. Yeah, um, that's so, a that's yeah. a reveal later, but it is it it is so uh, not shocking. And in fact, um, Alex is not shocked by anything that happens, including the I, death of her, <laughs> the destruction of her hometown and the death of her parents. I think both voice actors, I think they just sat them down in front of like all the J.C. Denton dialogue and were just like, <laughs> this is how unaffected you need to be by everything. And it's kind of like I kind of dig it. Like oh, yeah. They are both because it, it's you, it, you know, they're 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 cyborgs. They got the cyborg thing going yeah, on. Yeah, they're already inhuman, so why would their reactions be human? Yeah, I love I love how calm both these guys are. The male <laughs> voice actor sounds like a real like he's a little bit more snarky. Mm-hmm. Like it's both sides of J.C. Denton. Like the unfeeling nothing side is the the lady Denton, and then the slightly dickish side is the male Denton. And you get both both halves of his personality. I love the default appearance for the male one. The, it's it's the model that's on the cover. Um, mm-hmm. just that he has that like feathered Lance Bass hair and the, and the bright blue eyes. I just, uh, yeah. he has a Looks real like punch. Some 41. Yeah. He's, he's got a, he's, he's got a real punchable face. Yeah. You heard that some 41. I'm coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Kick <laughs> some gonna, ass. Gonna give you a fat lip. 
Oh, that was stroke nine. Mm. Yeah, you, you, you out 90s me. I love reference. I always get them confused with stroke nine. St- stroke nine? Uh, go, go to hell. Uh, <laughs> Are they a golf theme band? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, they, they did a song about kicking ass. Okay. Get it in and kick some ass. I do. I do. It's <laughs> 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 intolerable. Okay. Um, so we, we start out in the Tarsus Academy, and it's kind of important that we kind of know what Tarsus Academies are mm-hmm. in the beginning, but there's there's a you know a dark secret to all this stuff. Um, and they, they're kind of these like prep schools for training augmented agents. Like you get the sense that you don't you don't have to come out of it being a soldier or anything like that. Because mm-hmm. uh, there are there are ones for younger people. We find an academy later mm-hmm. where like you know kids are brought into these things. Like they're kind of like this mix between a private school and a training bed. For augmented humans. Yeah. It's like, hey, here's how you cope with being modified. Yeah. And here's how you, you know, you get trained how to, it's, you know, Xavier, it's Denton school for, for gifted, uh, gifted bots. (laughs) For, for, Um, for naturally talented young bots. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we wake up in this, the Seattle apartment at the Tarsus Academy and, uh, Leela Nassif appears on our hologram and says, uh, tells you, you know, hey, you know, after the attack on Chicago, we brought you here. We're able to get you out. Um, Go meet your, you know, your friend Billy, who we took with you as well. And uh, there are explosions outside during this time. Like the room starts shaking, and she's like, "Don't worry about that. That's just, I don't know, she's construction or training or something." It's always like that. Don't worry. Yeah, we yeah. we just the building already had explosions when we moved in. So <laughs> it's haunted by explosions. Yes. Um, but as you walk out into the hallway, like an explosion syrup takes out one of the troopers in the hall. Yeah. Um, and like all of the all of the authority figures are just really evasive about what's actually happening around this and uh like the first the first real like gravity that you like your or, or grave sense of what happened uh that you get is from this news terminal and i love these terminals because they play different things uh depending on like the socioeconomic class of what mm-hmm. of, of uh, where people are at. but this is where you learn about uh chicago and the and the nano explosion yeah and uh you know took out your family took out everything yeah. and uh you go and you meet your friend billy and she's like yeah i don't know what these things are about gives you this elevator code head down to the record area something um, great about this i love that people just give you a code and you automatically put it in yeah that it doesn't yeah, you require to you to like you know memorize it or something like that like that is such an unnecessary step like people, I've, uh, I've tripped that's the flag. Thing. people get get mad about it too people wish that you had to manually put in codes and i i, I don't necessarily see it like i i there's something to you know because you you can't have the tradition like we can't have our like 0451 yeah traditional code in this but like I tripped the flag. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you on, on that one. Yeah. I played, um, I recently, I finished a neon struct, which we did for comrade, which is, uh, has, takes a lot of cues from Deus Ex, and, uh, it makes you put in the codes manually and also doesn't give you notes. Ooh. So whenever that would happen, I would just, I would save my game and then go do a suicide run back to where the code was and then just reload <laughs> my game with the player knowledge. Yeah. You know, cause it's like, I don't want it, you know, I don't really want to keep notes for this. <laughs> like, it's a very special, special game that I want to like sit down and write down door codes while I'm playing. Yeah. You know, and that game is Deus Ex, but even that yeah. gives you notes. So, yeah, even then you can look in your, your little thing mm-hmm. and read the different, uh, you know, your PDA, so, um, yeah. your PDA. <laughs> um, so, so you head down to the rec area. Right. And uh, this is where you kind of introduce yourself to some of the other uh, trainees who I think smartly end up basically wherever you're going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot of these people are like factors later on, especially as, you know, this Tarsus ca- Academy, you know, dissolves and they ad- end up trying to find their place in the world. Kind of just like you, 
Yeah, and, th- and they also represent different factions, like end up aligned with different factions. Right. Between these three people, which kind of places you in the order. Um, basically, you don't have to do that. So I, I allied with the uh, WTO, but uh, so does uh, the first person you run to, Clara Sparks, who is a, uh, you know, is, hey, this is probably just construction. And she is very uh, cheery. Yeah. Is uh, kind of her one note personality. Like she's not a particularly well developed no. character. Which it, <laughs> later when they ask me to care about her, it's a little, yeah. it's a little much, I think. Yeah, but I, I like uh, Leo Jankowski. I, I think this is a well-sketched character. Um, <laughs> Leo's great. Yeah. Um, so, like, you see, you meet him. He's running around the track. He's egoma- e- egomaniac, like, um, the best. You, you, surely you must know me. I'm Leo. Yeah, and I, I love I love his uh, his voice actor really sells sells it. <laughs> Leo Jankowski. Like, just kind of like... <laughs> I'm the captain yeah. of the football team. He's he's very much the captain of the, the football team. <laughs> he's popular. Um, and the, <laughs> uh, so he's a, he thinks that the, you know they got, it was a training exercise. Like both these guys are in deep denial. Yeah. They're real dipshits. You know, like they're they're not. Uh, but again, you've been raised in this academy. Yeah, I mean, right? you're, you're, so like, you're incredibly sheltered. And if you know what this implies is that people have been fucking with them like this their, their entire lives. Totally, or that you know things like that have been happening. So it's like yes, you are emotionally stunted weirdo. But you've been raised in this Tarsus Academy yeah. thing. So it's like I, I just kind of chalked it up to that. Um, however, a gigantic explosion happens. <laughs> and uh, Leela, Leela's like, okay, we're under attack. It's the order. Um, you know, kind of hunker down. Mm-hmm. However, at this point, you're down getting your equipment. Uh, she sends you down to get your equipment down in a locker. Yeah. And uh, you run to a guard. And he says, like, hey, you know, there's an order. order uh, seeker. Zealot out there. Seeker. Yes, that's the word. Um, here, you know, you can, you can take him out. If you think you can take him out, you can sneak out. Etc. Like he wants you to sneak out. You don't have to do anything now. I sent him to fight to fight for me. Yep. You can be a real dick. Yep. You can be just like you go fight him. Yeah. And he'll do it and he'll probably do okay. Yeah. Um, you can run out and cause a distraction. You can do all kinds of things. Like it, there is no part where it's like, this is a stealth tutorial. If you don't act stealthily, you fail. Right. You know. Which so is good. That is good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, subsequently this whole place is flooded with uh with uh all these uh all these uh, order seekers um and you're trying to get back up to where you started back up in the apartment levels yes yeah um yeah so you uh you run into billy on your way back there and she says like hey you know take some biomods like you haven't installed them yet you have one that's like light like the flashlight one that everybody mm-hmm. gets and then the what the way that people are communicating in your head that is a biomod as well um uh, but you don't have the uh the good ones she's right. like you know this is a pretty good idea you know a good job to take these also Hey, you know, these people, uh, we're sent by the order to uncover human testing that's being done here. <laughs> right. So she is an embedded agent and everybody is embedded somewhere like that is not yes. a surprise. This is the one world where anybody who espouses a uh, conspiracy theory, I would believe them. Yes. It's right. a conspiracy based game. Yeah. Thus Deus Ex the conspiracy. For the first one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so this is where you get like a, like a little bit of a, of an overview, um, on these things. I forget. Is this where I made the choice about that? Yeah. At, at, yeah. So, at some point, like you pick like, oh, you know, I, I chose yeah, it's, like it's, it's next. It, like she says to go get them, but they're down in the labs. OK, yeah. Um, so she says, hey, I'm going to show you some. I'm going to show you a trick. You're going to hate it. And you go yeah. back into your apartment and then Billy cuts the power and the ceiling disappears. It pulls a uh, it, it pulls a uh, oh, gosh, aperture science. Yeah. Or a Truman yeah. show around this, like, you know, four years before. But before yeah. before Portal did, yeah, you know, they're looking in on you. And, you know, this is the way that you get into the actual labs that are, like, monitoring the academy. 
And uh, you find out that uh, even though there is policy around this, there is totally a two-way mirror or a one-way mirror into your bathroom. Yes. The entire time you've been there, Mm -hmm. people have been watching you pee and poop. Yep. And that would drive anybody crazy. (laughs) With particular interest. Yeah. Like anything, like anything she does at this point, Alex D does is justified. Right. If someone's been watching me every single time I pooped. (laughs) <laughs> like there is there's some some black letter days in that diary man like i don't like, like, like i should be able to sue you real good yeah there's some redacted pages in that for you <laughs> yeah. in that for you yeah, there's some missions we don't talk about anymore um, yeah, like, oh, three times in a half hour so we huh. lost some people on that one. Yeah. like it is not um yeah we gotta wait for nixon to die for these to get declassified wiped with a cover of good housekeeping like the interior what? pages would have made more sense huh <laughs> why <laughs> it's like i stand by my decision like, <laughs> when when you're in the field yeah you know you have to um, so, so if anybody had has literally watched me anybody listening uh, or anybody <laughs> at all literally watched me take every single dump i've ever made uh i'm coming for you <laughs> yep with everything i've got yes yeah um so anyway, so you make your way down to the labs uh, through like a crack in the wall that's kind of convenient. And uh, you get down there and Nassif actually like one of the things I like about this game is that most of the people who are giving you things to do for the first two thirds of the game are pretty reasonable right. about it. Like, you know, you're like uh, uh, she says, you know, get these biomods and she's and you're like, why have you been watching us? And she said, like, I'm not going to explain myself in the middle of this attack, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Like she said, like, usually when you ask a question, you get a pretty reasonable answer. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, and that's great. So you get your different uh, your different bio mods here that you can put in in different places. It looks like we got really different ones, which oh, is cool. Yeah. Um, um, so I did the anti explosion drone because the last thing that I want to have happen in a game like this, is, uh, especially where my combat abilities are like diminished by stats, is to just die instantly to a grenade or a rocket. Yeah. 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 So like that will uh, as you level it up, it's it stops explosions uh, from happening near you. Like it intercepts. Yes. Um, anything that's coming for you. I also boosted yep. my vision so I could see through walls um, and also my strength uh, to bolster the uh, the melee attacks. Yeah, I, I ended up um, actually doing, because I didn't, the vision one, I thought you meant the uh, the drone, the the spy. No, so, no. Yeah, because um, that, that, uh, that comes later, I think. Um, so I did the vision one as well, which is really useful. Um, and I did my strength, but I didn't do the anti-explosion. I did the, uh, the speed hmm. one. Yeah. And the speed and jumping one is what I always want in these things because you can jump on top of buildings and shit. Mm, yeah. So it's good good for getting around. But the different choices um, you know, you have at this point. Um we should we should let's talk about biomods for a minute. Yes. The different the different things. Because you can get them at various points, but you get a you get a biomod canister as a reward often. Mm-hmm. So uh, just kind of going through the powers real quick. Uh, so you have your eye slot, which you have vision enhancement, which we talked about, eventually allows you to see through walls. Yeah, which um, isn't just like a stealth thing. Like this is a situational uh, situational awareness, um, almost like a hotline Miami. Who am I going to target first? Yes. Yeah. Um, the other standard uh, option for that is regeneration, which is really good. Yeah. Um, in later in the game, I actually respect for regeneration because I it was the challenge <laughs> ramped up. Right. Um, the black market eye slot is the spy drone which uh, sends out a little flying uh, spy drone to scout things out. Yeah. Uh, that also can shoot an EMP pulse that eventually can become powerful enough to take out drones. Right. Um, in yeah. the uh, the cranial slot, um, the two legal ones um, are cloak, which I don't know why that's legal, uh, which allows <laughs> you to turn invisible to human eyes. Oh, you know, the, the WTO is fine with uh, legalized hollow men. Yes. <laughs> the, the hollow man protocols. <laughs> um, you can get a, a hazard drone, 
which I never really used. I think this is like a little option that shoots uh, darts for you. I'm trying to think that might be what it is. The, ha- the hazard one is the one that uh, that stops the uh, the explosions. Maybe. Okay. The, uh, yeah. So the um, there's there's one that shoots out little, um, and then maybe that one's later too. But there's a oh that's the yeah there's one that shoots out little things. Mm. Um, and then there's the neural interface, which is the thing that allows you to hack. Yeah, and um, uh, that is super useful. No, I didn't take this. Yeah, I, I didn't take the hazard drone. Yeah, hazard drone is the one that shoots options. Aggressive defense is the one that blows up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like the, I mean, to my mind, the like the the neural interface is like mandatory. Yeah. For this, like that is that like that that is what what lets you get like that uh, that Deus Ex one level control. Yes. Over the and systems be, of a of a facility. You're giving up turning invisible, which is a big deal. Right. But uh, it is uh, it's definitely worth it. And then hazard drone is trash. Like I think it just shoots uh, toxin darts. Yeah. And toxin is way over overpowered in this game. Mm-hmm. But still, like just having a little option is not really worth it. Um, skeletal, you get the aggressive defense drone, which is the thing Cole was talking about. Yeah. Uh, that blows up things before they get to you. Um, you can also turn on thermal masking, which makes you invisible to drones and stuff, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to people. And then uh, I ended up taking uh, electrostatic discharge at some point, um, which is really rad. It makes your melee attacks do EMP damage. Oh, shit. Uh, which has two uh, two effects. One, it means you can circle strafe gigantic walker mechs and shut them down really easily. Um, but two, if you uh, punch uh, or melee attack a beam emitter for security, it'll shut it down. Oh, so it allows you to get through those. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love that they keep the ability to use force to get around stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah. yes, you have to use a, a, a biomod, but like my grenades were more often keys than they were stuff yeah. to take out enemies. Like that, that is still an option there. In case any like Invisible War super fans are freaking out, the hazard drone is the one that makes you not take as much damage from, from toxin and oh, fire yeah. and stuff. Because the biotoxin attack drone is the little option you get. Mm, That's pretty worthless, both of which are not useful. But, uh, no. Um, So the biotoxin attack drone, you also get the strength enhancement thing, which kind of does double duty in this one. Uh, You had to choose before, but this one allows you to uh, carry more stuff and do more damage. Right. All in one. Um, And then bot domination, which allows you to kind of hypnotize robots, um, which is really cool and control things from their perspective. Um, But again, I did end up using the uh, uh, stealth enhancement or strength enhancement instead. Yeah. Um, Yeah. and then the legs, right? Those give you the ability to uh, to run faster or jump higher. Run faster or run quieter, which right. the, it's always been true in Deus Ex. Never take the one that lets you move silent because you can sprint while crouching and mm-hmm. you'll be just as silent. <laughs> um, and then the health leech drone, which I know you got, it allows you to cannibalize ambient organic material. Yep. That is, uh, I mean, so really it's just a way to convert your, uh, your uh, kind of like bioenergy into health. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you when you when you open that up, every time it converts, it drains it drains one resource for the other. And I ended up not using too many of the active uh, mods very much. So that was just a way for me to, like, you know, conditionally restore a lot of health. Yeah. And it's less of a I mean, it just depends on what you want to trade off, because mm-hmm. if you take the health leash drone, you can't take speed. If you take the regeneration drone, you can't take vision enhancement. Right. So it just which one do you want to go without? But you, you're going to want some way to, to passively heal. Yeah. And I mean, what's important right now is the fact that they only give you three canisters. Um, yes. So you can either, you know, unlock three of these limbs or, um, you know, take two or take one and then up- upgrade them that way. Yeah, because uh, the things, unlike Deus Ex 1, um, upgrades are the same thing as the ones that give you the other things. So you can use use the, any canisters will upgrade or create a new new ability. Right. Um, yeah. 
So um, you're, this is largely a tutorial area. They're teaching you about turrets. They're teaching you about cameras. Um, there's a, a couple of little side quest things. There's some scientists that want you to protect them from these order seekers <laughs> that are coming through. Yeah. And uh, they'll give you a weapon mod, which gives you your weapon mod tutorial. Right. Um, there's a data cube, so that gives you this, and it gives you some history lessons about the myth of the Dentons, how people think they're still active. But, uh, you know, that's always cool when an element from a previous game becomes like folklore or a legend. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I know that story. Um, and seeing the way that they still affect this. Um, I also love the uh, the lore explanation for the gold beams. Like, oh, yeah, it just shuts your heart down. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the remote control for your heart. It's like when some <laughs> asshole parks outside your apartment with a remote control. <laughs> it's the opposite. Turns of off that. your TV. It turns with your heart. It's the opposite of that uh, of that Molly Crew song. Yes. And if you play it backwards. Yeah. yeah. It, it cr- crouch, uh, crouches your heart. It, cr- it crouch punches your heart. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so you have to watch out for those gold beams. And the scientists are all real frank about what's going on with <laughs> that know? stuff, too. They're just like, I ain't going near that. Um, <laughs> oh. the, uh, and the, so eventually, as you're on your way out, um, Lin Mei Chen shows up. She is the order representative, the second command. And she says, like, hey, the reason why we did this was to free you. You right. know, like, we're not attacking you. The, tourist, uh, the Tarsus Academy will try to reclaim you. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go to the WTO. Come here. You and, know, you, and and you rightfully say, well, why do those seekers fucking shoot at me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and she's just like, no, the, you know that that's news to me. You know that was a <laughs> that was a new or an offshoot organization, which turns out to be true, mm-hmm. and is again, you know, kind of reasonable. Where it's like, if somebody, you know, if if a mailman shoots you, it doesn't mean that all mailmen are evil, you know, <laughs> or like a group of like you know the radical mailmen uh, yeah. offshoot. No, all mailmen are evil because I have to wait in line at the post office. It's true. God, if only there was a better way. <laughs> Man, ah. the, the the worst possible way you can spend your time as a small business owner. Gary Scales, postal postal meters. I hate renting them. Oof. I don't even know why I did that. <laughs> it's not like they're not like, you know, $20 on Amazon. <laughs> why did I rent an expensive postage meter? <laughs> rent. Rent. Renting that from ad reader. <laughs> or ad uh, writer. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she says to come there, and uh, Donna Morgan says, come to the WTO. Right. And uh, this is kind of your first big choice as you get your Bethesda moment and step out onto the uh, the, the dismal streets of posh upper Seattle. It's, I, I think of it as like, um, like a, again, like Shadowrun, like an arcology. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's it's not you don't get very much of a skybox like there are walls kind of everywhere, mm-hmm. and that's another reason people are really complaining. It's like why is this Seattle? And it's like well, all the cities kind of turn into these weird little nation states. Yeah, you know, in the face of the collapse, like they and they have these kind of arcologies built around them. You know, so it's a, if you think of it in those terms, you'll be happier as opposed to expecting to just walk through the streets. Yeah, you're under yeah. the dome. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so as you step out, the guard says, "Oh, the the WTO is sorting this out," and he, uh, you know, says, "Hey, go report to this enclave." Um, whereas Billy um, says, like, hey, you know, you may want to know exactly what was done to your body. So, yeah. you know, go and kind of like tail in the seaf and, you yes. know, check out her, her apartment to see, you know, like this. Yeah, this is the, the, this is problems. And uh, like if you're with the order, is it like this with the WTO? where like harassing the seaf and her family <laughs> is like a major plot point for this game. Yeah. 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 Of course it is. Like they want you to do it, too. They just give you different narrative justifications as mm. to why. It's like uh, she is in uh, 
in violation of different trade agreements, yeah. things like that. And they maybe want you to do different things to the family, mm-hmm. but it's very similar. Yeah. You know? Well, I suppose that uh, makes sense because Tarsus is in line with somebody later. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, yeah, and Tarsus is, yeah. Um, so the other thing that's like really cool about this, other than just going to report to your leader and do the thing that you need to do is that you get to go explore this town and you get like my favorite moment in these games, which is like breaking into apartments that have nothing to do with the actual <laughs> game, you know, and you get these little, little uh, quests. There's this cute little thing, uh, these two twin, uh, coffee shops, these competing chains, uh, Pequods and Queequegs, yeah. which are words I like saying a lot. Yep. Especially, um, especially <laughs> together. Yeah. Quick, 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 quick. <laughs> yeah. God, is that good? Like, it makes me want to read Moby Dick. Yeah. Like, just the fact that I'll get to read those words a bunch. The, the, um, the, the, this whole thing with, like, haha, there's a lot of coffee, isn't there? Is such, like, a thing of its time, or maybe, yeah. like, like from slightly before this came out, because, like, that's, like, a, you know, <laughs> just like, man, there are a bunch of Starbucks around, aren't there? That's such, like, a late 90s, early 2000s thing. The, and I was uh, playing this, and I was like, whoa, this, this is a blast from the past. It, it happened in that, that Simpsons episode where all the Starbucks open up in the mall too. Yep. Um, the uh, the thing that's that's true though that I I thought of is when I, I went on vacation recently and like boy do I miss not having a, a coffee shop like literally every two blocks. Oh yeah. Like I'm I'm never more than two blocks away from a coffee shop. Yep. In Portland, like it is it is all true. <laughs> like the uh, Deus Ex Invisible War is coming true. Yeah. In Portland. Yeah. Uh, and what what happens when you there's this kind of like running series of side quests. Uh, throughout the game um, with these guys where they kind of want to sabotage each other, but it highlights a lot of the kind of socioeconomic stuff right. that's going on with the world. Uh, Cause we're talking to a guy um, who is in the upper area, uh, the upper uh, version of Seattle. And uh, you know, he kind of gets all the, the uh, used to get all the money used to be really posh, but now that, you know, commercial air travel is no longer a thing. There aren't as many people through. So he wants to stop uh Queequeg's, <laughs> uh, who's down in lower seattle he wants you to sabotage their their business right and gives you the manager's apartment number not like the way to get into the place but just like hey make this stop by any means necessary <laughs> so it's like hey break into the manager's apartment get the details for breaking into the store so you can burn their beans which like yeah man they can get more like it's not like well, every <laughs> you just set them back like you yeah. you burn like 17 big bags of beans um <laughs> and it, it burning it's real funny because you have to like throw them out uh out into the street and put them on a garbage fire <laughs> and stuff like that that is a a fun quest but you keep getting put kind of in these things until eventually you have to make a choice yeah um between quicks and pequods um and this is uh this I, is relevant yeah i i love i love the way that uh that this mirrors um the main quest yeah. actually yeah it's it's pretty clever like yeah. it's 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 pretty cute um so uh that's a little side quest you can do you can also do a lot of stuff in this nightclub um yeah that, uh, i didn't end up doing an, uh, an awful lot with this so i want to uh want to rely on you and this is going to be yeah. the case where just like they're they're just like quests that i naturally didn't like expose myself to but i want to i uh, want to hear about them from you yeah the nightclub's really great um that is where you get uh, a lot of little side quests um the uh this is where you first meet the omar um where they uh they want you to go down in the basement because there is a, a creature that they have in the basement of the thing that they have a they need like a bio sample Mm-hmm. from so you had to break into the basement of the nightclub um which is really populated uh there is like an uh arms dealer who's in the hotel like a lot of people you probably saw in the apartment complex mm-hmm. are quest people from nightclub yeah uh, from the nightclub yeah um one of them wants you to break into uh the w2o wto headquarters and change his like zoning ordinance so there's this weird little bit of like sabotage like a little shadow run you do kind of mm-hmm. um the coolest yeah. thing or the most important thing you meet in the nightclub though is you meet uh, ng residents 
who is another side quest character that's kind of through the whole thing. And yeah. NG Resonance is super cool. I think this is a really good idea. Um, where it's kind of the the pop music, it's kind of like Bloodlines, where they're just constantly playing, you know, bad nineties <laughs> theory of a dead man. Yep. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's like if 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 uh, they if somebody like locked garbage in a studio and like made them make <laughs> dance music, like that that that's yeah. what this is. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty pretty apt. Um, it's a it's a band called Kidney Thieves. Uh, <laughs> which I, I guess are <laughs> that's a pretty good name. That's a yeah. pretty good name for a band. I guess they're they're kind of semi legit. Somebody on the Slack was saying, uh, but here it just kind of sounds like you know techno pop music. Mm-hmm. But there's one uh, in most areas. There's one holographic projector, and it usually just shows Engina Resonance dance, and you can use it as a jukebox. <laughs> there's one where you can talk to her, and she's like, "Hi, I'm MG Resonance. Like, I love to meet my fans, um, but." She knows everything about you uh, mm-hmm. because she's like, you know, I'm programmed to know about people who come up and talk to me about, you know, these things. People like hearing about themselves, which is uh, goes back to Deus Ex 1 mm-hmm. where you meet the AI and and says that. And uh, eventually, uh, kind of throughout the course of the game, uh, she starts giving you kind of missions. Right. She's like, you know, my management would love to know what's behind this, this in the VIP area of this club. <laughs> I can't quite get there. I'm, you know, I can give you a reward. And you find out this is a government like spying on the people through pop entertainment yep i mean I it's like, super cool yeah you like you you straight up say it uh later on in cairo where it's like yeah you you seem less like an entertainment thing and more like surveillance and it's like yeah. well it's in everybody's best interest if we can all have fun it's like yeah well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's put through this lens of like like bubblegum pop music it's pretty great <laughs> you yep. like I, I really like uh like ng resonance yeah. Um, and she like comps you for tickets. Like she kind of becomes buddies with you as you do these missions for her. And this is where you, you meet her. Uh, but it, I, I can see people missing it because it kind of blends into the background. It looks mm-hmm. like if you run into one of them, that's just a jukebox. You're going to think all of them are just jukeboxes. Um, but this one, they kind of try to signpost that you can talk to this one by having a, a character walk away from it. Hmm. Uh, as you come up and say like, wow, I got to talk to NG residents or something like that. <laughs> um, but it, this is, this is a, a subplot I really like yeah. in this game. Yeah. And uh, this was done really well uh, later on in uh, Mass yeah. Effect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that, 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 that's pretty cool. Um, I remember, so like one of the quests that I got, like the zoning guy, he was trying to hit on a, like a, like a WTO leader, mm-hmm. um, something like that. Like I got that one, but like most of this stuff like is linked to the Emerald Suites where you can go, this is where Nassif Superman is. Um, yeah. And uh, you find out that, uh, that she is kind of like linked with this shady deal um uh kind of related to uh tarsus and mako ballistics like there is some kind of collusion happening for smuggling as you go through this uh this entrapment hallway full of uh full of uh, the old security lasers yeah yeah on, on your way there and just uh, you know just breaking into people's apartment is fun mm-hmm. like getting up in the top there's a guy up in the top floor that they want you to uh to murder mm-hmm. um so it's fun to get up into the, that area into his suite like things like that like i'm I don't know what, what the name is for the genre, but being asked to break into apartments is just fun for me in video games. Yeah. Um, I like doing it. There's probably a room so, for like burglary sim- uh, simulator 2017. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I was complaining about that. The Tiki Tiki complaining about the key code thing a little bit earlier, but neon struck does a pretty good job of, of that. Yeah. That's actually like, is kind of the indie game. I ended up really enjoying that game. Yeah. Um, listen to the check it out comrade episode about neon struct. And what was paired with that? Oh, well, I don't remember. but it was it was like almost two weeks ago how much it's it's there check it out comrade check it out um (laughs) you should check it out the um yeah it is uh uh neon truck if you're looking for just like a little indie deus ex blast um Mm -hmm. that is a good way and we paired it with devil daggers Hmm. 
So there we go. Two very different games. Very different. <laughs> um, both equally inspired by J.C. Denton. Yep. Yeah. Um, J.C. Denton's nightmares. <laughs> I'm a demon. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, regardless of who you're siding with, um, you're eventually going to be led down to lower Seattle. Um, I went here. So uh, like it's important to draw the distinction between uh, between who we sided with. Uh, we agreed that I would go order and you would go yes. WTO. Yes. And and I don't uh, I don't have notes I'm working from. So I remember mm. some of the things, but most of the things you do are the same. You just have different contexts and reasons. Right. For doing it. So some of the end of the quest are, are similar. Uh, but here. So if you go down to, you know, you don't have to go down here to meet the order, but WTO tells you to go down here to hire a pilot. Right. So you have a different reason for going down here. Yeah. So you take the end of the inclinator. It is a half-life funicular. And, yes. uh, uh, however, it's, it's down right now. And this is just kind of like a, just like a little mandatory combat, uh, not combat really, but just a, a mission here. There's a little a... mini dungeon. Like yeah, you, can get, yeah. you can, you can fight your way through it. You can sneak your way through it, but you have to get to this area to, yeah. to clear this gas spill. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this chemical, chemical, ah, chemical spill. Nobody wants to do it. And the WTO says like, we can't officially pay you, but like, if you solve it, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Uh, pulls a real yeah. NCR kind of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, you go in and, um, you know, sneak past. Well, I mean, at least, at least I did. You end up going over the rafters and initiate the uh, the fluid flush. Um, and mm -hmm. this is going to be, you know, on your way back up, it's going to be another dungeon. So it is multipurpose. But like, I like the idea. Um, I mean, I don't like the idea, but it is a potent idea of like, um, you know, movement between like the, the upper class and lower class areas being restricted like this. Yeah, that big fucking pizza. <laughs> yeah, that big fucking pizza up there. Yeah hanging over us yeah, yeah. mocking us uh, <laughs> so you get down to lower seattle which is the low class uh, version there's no like sun there are people like low town lucy <laughs> is hanging out uh, by a garbage fire um there's a couple little uh fun little you know miniature dungeons here too you can break into the sewers um oh don't no... don't do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really hard you fight a bunch of greasels <laughs> and stuff and and transgenics are always like the hardest things in these games yeah. because toxin is so harsh um, later, there's a dungeon you have to go through that's full of these things. And it's really rough. Yeah. Um, but you do get a unique uh, gun uh, if you go down there. Uh, the Greasel Hunter pistol, which has a flashlight that it cannot be seen. It's like an infrared flashlight. So you can mm. use it, but it doesn't give away your position. Nice. Yep. Yep. Uh, speaking of Greasels, the local bar, the dive, is called uh, the Greasel Pit. Um, mm -hmm. uh, also, like, you know, a little bit of flavor. Every time you go into one of these gathering places, the same thing happened at the, uh, at the um, nightclub upstairs um mm -hmm. they deactivate your weapons when you go in and i never took the option to say no fuck you but i yeah, said they I, just I don't, don't let you either. go in i think yeah i think they just shut down and you can so you can never get into these areas with your weapons active mm -hmm. which is kind of a bummer like i yeah. feel like if you could sneak in you know it'd be like yeah do like a, like a new a cool vegas kind of thing yeah yeah um so it's, it's a it's a little bit of a bummer but uh yeah you, you can't have your weapons in here because they it's not sophisticated, you know, there's a lot of plot relevant characters. They don't want you to kill. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, it's no more heavy handed than, than just making them like immune to bullets. Right. You know, like video games have struggled to find a way to make plot relevant characters invincible and not have it break immersion yeah. forever. Mm -hmm. This is as good a way as any, I think. Yeah. Um, um you're generally coming down here. Like the thing, that, you know, the thing about this place that moves game forward is that there are two pilots available. Yes. And the reason why you need a pilot is because you're going to go investigate Mako. Uh, Mago Ballistics. Right. Um, after getting the information from Nassif. Yep. So there are two pilots that are kind of two different paths you can go through too. Um, and these are interesting because they uh, it's kind of a risk-reward thing. Um, Sid Black, who's down here, and uh, you have to do a little quest to get him back. You have to get to do a quest for either of them. Right. But uh, Sid Black uh, is kind of the smuggler Han Solo type. And uh, his jet is being held by um, like this crime lord lady. 
Um, and his way, if you go with him, he charges you money but drops you off closer to your target. Yeah. Um, kind of like makes you, you know, in a more advantageous place. Or uh, Eva Johnson, who you can talk to, uh, who you can only ever talk to through uh, Holocom. Mm-hmm. And she will do it for free because she's searching for someone. Right. Um, for a passenger. Like, you know, that, she's searching for a passenger. Um, it's super suspicious. But she'll do it for free, but she drops you off kind of further away. Right. Um, less advantageous place. So you mm-hmm. choose whether to pay or not to get in a little bit closer. Right. So um, either way, you end up having to do something. I ended up going with Ava. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I didn't feel like paying money for it, although money just becomes completely useless uh, later on. Um, but uh, but yeah. Also here, um, you go you go uh, down, and they are cockfighting gobs. These uh, yes. transgenetics, and uh, this opens up kind of a cool little uh, side quest as well uh, to rig, you know, to, to basically rig the um, you know greasel fighting. Yeah, yeah. Gr- gobs are greasels. Yes, and it's the same thing, and they they. Uh... Once odds are set, they're just set, even if something happens. <laughs> right. So you have to go kill it. So uh, go kill uh, Gobz- Gobzilla. Um, there's <laughs> yeah. Gobzilla and Green Dragon. Um, so you can fix it by a couple different ways. Yeah. Uh, fix the fight, yeah. which is kind of fun. You go to this uh, this Heron's Loft, which is the apartment building. Right. There. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So like the, like the Heron's Loft is where you can do that crime boss thing. Her name is Sack. Um, I decided to leave her alone, but I did kill Gob and her keeper. One of my favorite uh, details about this is... Um, <laughs> Gobs uh in the apartment where uh where the uh Gobzilla is being kept, the cats are in the bathroom because yeah. if the if the cats were allowed to run free, they would just be toasted by the by the, yep. by the greasel. Exactly. Like yeah, like you keep all your kitties in there. And I, I had the thought of that being like a pen and it was sad. Yeah. Like a like a larder, which I think is what is what it is. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, yeah. So this is where you can get the uh the Queequegs. Uh you can talk to the manager, get the key to his place, burn his coffee, etc. Um, do all these things. Uh, you eventually, um, you, you can find there are more Omar traders down here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who, uh, this is where they give you the mission actually to go into club Vox. Yes. I think. Um, but it's good to do a mission for them early on because you get a preferred customer status, <laughs> which gives you a discount kind of in per- perpetuity yes. throughout the game. Yeah. And this was my first exposure to the Omar. Uh, we should yes. talk a little bit about what they are. Like these are like the extreme path of like unrestrained modification. Yeah, like to to like a dystopian degree. Like these things are pretty neat. Um, they're hinted at in Deus Ex, um, like this like this uh, collective of Russian hackers who are like pushing this stuff really really far. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the Omar have done is they've replaced their frontal lobe with like this neural network right. that links them to all other Omar. Um, the voice effect on them is really cool. Uh, I don't know if it's a, it's like a combination of accent and the actual like effect. Yeah, but the Omar trader has a really compelling voice. To me, it's like really wet sounding. Yeah. Like there's a yeah, lot of like it's, back it, throat. Yeah, it's like a combination of like a phaser and a bit crusher. Like it, yeah. uh, it it's it, it sounds really synthesized. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and they are they're just the uh, their whole point kind of philosophically is like one they're they're traders they want money. The reason why they want money is because they're making themselves fit for survival. Right. Um, so that's why they send you uh, to go get these samples and stuff because it's they're going to incorporate it into their biomod architecture. And once they have it, everyone can get this kind of upgrade and eventually become, you know, immune to radiation or immune to, you know, different harsh conditions. Yeah, basically all the stuff that arose after the collapse, like yes. that, like that, that pressure on this, on, you know, on this group caused them to like radicalize almost. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, it's very Borg-like. Yes. Yeah. And they're like a gray market kind of thing. Like they're not, uh, you know, you don't see them out just operating in the open uh, very often. And sometimes they have uh, human kind of handlers that will arrange meetings right. and stuff. You run into that later and it's kind of cool. Like you get the idea that like they're 
semi-legal or that the government would stamp them out but can't. Right. So <laughs> because they're adapted for survival. Yeah. Your bullets yeah, they're adapted nothing. for stamping. Yeah. <laughs> these <laughs> these androids are made for stamping. We're adapted for stamping. <laughs> that's that's what their voices sound like. It's chilling. Yeah. <laughs> You got preferred customer discounts. I got a black market bottom on. Enables <laughs> non piezo cam functionality. <laughs> um, uh, Omar yeah. DNA. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, the, I like the Omar a lot. They're a cool flavor thing. Yeah. 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 I just I, I love them operating in the shadows, and they are your best uh, your best vendors for stuff that will yeah. kind of like swing later missions. Yes. Good stuff. Um, so I go and meet the order and um, I love the sermon that they give there because like they keep on like citing and cribbing different religious leaders like that, that, that idea that like, you know, they do this again, not to just keep referencing Futurama. They do the same thing um, mm. with uh, kind of like unifying all that stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're, they're asking, uh, saying like, Hey, you know, we don't want to standardize all humans. You know, you know, we don't want humanity to, to just become this collection of software modules. So that is their kind of like stated purpose. Yes. And the WTO, when you eventually get the kind of elevator pitch from the WTO, it's not like they want that. They don't want everyone to get biomodded. They just want it to be available and regulated. Right. So it's like there it's really kind of shades of gray here. You know, like they're they're against it, but the order isn't like lynching people who are biomodded. And the WTO is not saying, you know, everyone has to be. Right. It's not mandatory. Know. That comes later. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So you uh yeah, so it looks like you got, the, you got this quest here I did not get. Um, where So WTO, what I had to do, and this is probably very similar, mm -hmm. um, the WTO wanted me to go find um, a group of order extremists in the Inclinator yeah. and take them out. So I had to go fight some guys who are from uh, the Templars. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the order wanted me, wanted me to find a group of extremists uh, from the order. Uh, it's just one of their lieutenants, Captain Lamar, um, mm -hmm. was kind of like pinned down. And, um, you know, you find out that he is the instigator after you, you know, fight your way through that. And this is our introduction to the Knights Templar. These are the, uh, um, you know, the, the, the extreme faction that wants to actually eliminate all biomods and yeah. just, you know, taking, taking these terrorist acts. Yeah. I think, I think what I, I don't even think I had to fight them. I think I had to find out what their plan was, ah, so yeah. like steal a data cube. So I think the WTO, WTO version of that mission is like mildly stealthier. I may have fucked it up and made it not stealthy. I yeah. don't know if there was a way to do it. It is. Uh, it's really underlining, though, the fact that these are so similar that there's not really a difference. <laughs> they both want the same thing. And you know, you'll notice that on repeat playthroughs, of course, but then even within the actual game. Right. When people are giving you missions. Yeah. But yeah, this takes you back up to the uh, back up to Seattle and you can uh, uh, take a couple of different things. But like every, all roads lead to um, Mako Ballistics. Right, mm -hmm. because because yeah. that is the that well, is that that is what Nasif has been uh, uh, going. Before with. we get to that, like the, on that data cube that we stole from the Templars, oh, sure. there's important kind of plot information. Um, so one, uh, they talk about how uh, the the order or the WTO is trying to maintain this this uh, contract for uh, uh, the Mag Rail, this weapon that's this brand new weapon that um, Mako Ballistics is making. Most importantly, though, is that this is the first mention of uh, Layla and Nasif being involved with something called Apostle Core. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, the, the Templars hate Apostle <laughs> Corps, and uh, but we don't know who Apostle Corps is yet. Yeah. Other than and that's uh, that's ends up becoming very important. Yeah. Neither the Order nor the the WTO are crazy about Apostle Corps. Like Nasif is going behind everybody's back in order to kind of like uh, arrange for this. Yes. Yeah. 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 
Um, so yeah, uh, Lin Mei Chen, you know, the, the, the handler for the order says like, yeah, we don't want any new weapons on the market. Um, especially, you know, those that are going to be used by the Templar. This Magrail is like meant specifically to be used against biomodern individuals. Um, even though mm-hmm. that serves their purpose, they're like, yeah, we like, that's, that's no good for anybody if this is out there, um, and, you know, for everybody's hands. And I imagine the W, the WTO doesn't want, uh, doesn't want this thing to exist outside of regulation. They just, they just want it so they ah, can make yeah. copies of it. So the, the order tells you to go kill the creator of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the WTO just wants you to steal it. Right. Um, <laughs> I love this line when they tell you you have to arrange your own transport to Mako. Uh, and you say, well, why don't you guys have a plane? And they say, well, we're spiritually rich, but we can't buy many jets with spirit. Yeah. <laughs> with spirit. Um, yeah. So, so you go to the uh, WTO uh, air terminal. And uh, if you don't take Sid Black... Um, and you break uh, Eva out or break out her ship yeah. from the uh, from the terminal. This is just kind of a small combat dungeon here. It is. I, I love uh, how you get to this terminal. Um, the uh, the front desk has been hijacked by thugs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have to, like, I mean, I resulted by sneaking back and uh, taking him out because they're trying to extort because uh, they didn't yeah. want to pay their fees. So, like, you know, my sense of justice, it kicked in. Yep. Yep. Yeah, those corpses stay there forever, too. Like, every time you go back and forth between this terminal, there's just, like, two dead thugs. Yeah. And there's that little vacuum bot that's mm-hmm. like room, rooming up against them for eternity. <laughs> yep. Oh man, but yeah, this is a this is a short quest, but this gets you to Mako Ballistics, which is kind of the the conclusion of the Seattle arc. Um, and you're dropped yes. uh, you're dropped off um outside of this place, and uh, yeah, this is kind of just like a standard ass Deus Ex dungeon. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to get into getting into individual encounters very often. Right. And these like we'll talk about new enemies when they come up and everything, but the. Uh, they are like office complexes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that sense of real space. That is the one of the reasons why I like these games. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're sneaking through. So the rooms, like, have a purpose. Like, oh, this is a conference room. You know, oh, it connects to the bathroom, et cetera. And, uh, you know, you can kind of, the standard way that I play these is to hack everything I can. Like, I'll turn every turn it, turret hostile if I can. Mm-hmm. And then just try not to get seen as long as I can. You know, I try to stealth through these and, and try to predatory stealth. Like, shoot yeah. guys in the back of the head. Yeah. Um, so. very, very much the same way, although, like, as... As this game went on, I ended up uh, being a little bit more aggressive, mm. um, which... Uh, That's your order upbringing. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. But yeah, my body count in this was ridiculous uh, by oh, yeah. the end of it. Um, Can we, uh, real quick, just because it, it doesn't necessarily fit in anywhere else, talk about the ragdolling yes. uh, in this game? Because uh, corpses are not constricted to the ragdolls nope. uh, in the way that it would make sense. So everything becomes a super floppy, like, uh, air, you know, those guys that advertise car dealerships. Yep. The, the the blow guy <laughs> everyone becomes the blow guy uh and you can throw them um 30 feet in the air easy yeah and it's the best your bodies <laughs> no longer have mass it's really great like you can um like I, whenever the, i need to hide corpses i love throwing them up on the roof like <laughs> like walter white the pizza um and then you can catch them too and you can just have like a lot of fun just throwing corpses and catching them and doing fun <laughs> corpse throwing shit because whenever you throw anything you throw it really far in this game yeah um it's yeah. pretty great throwing them on fires do all kinds of shit I, I also love the uh like the like the death barks for a lot of the enemies specifically there's one uh kind of like just generic female death bark that's like uh, <laughs> yeah. uh well it sounds like uh itar giger like waking up yeah, uh, it's, uh, a death, uh, it's a death rattle like, yeah it's like a five minute long dot wave that they play <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it keeps going as you throw the corpse <laughs> uh, having the big pile of uh, in Cairo in the next area you go, we go to 
that I threw all my corpses up on top of the helicopter pad. And then when you're leaving, there's just this huge pile. I was like, oh, yeah. I was busy that day. <laughs> just slowly awing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like those ducks that they, they squeeze, oh, all those ducks yeah. at once and let yeah. go. That is one of my favorite vines, actually. Please. God, it's terrifying. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, that... That's pretty good. Uh, the, uh, the 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 military bots in this, especially when you're not spec'd for it, they're a real kick in the dick. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to be equipped to deal with them or avoid them. Right. And that's uh, that's really those are yeah. your options. Yeah, they're hard to avoid when they're invisible. <laughs> yeah, they're stealth ones. They're medium size. There's kind of uh, a couple different sizes of stealth uh, things. There are uh, spider bots, which are in vents usually. Um, there are a lot of spider bots. There are these medium size kind of hunter things which are the invisible the they have cloaking technology yeah. you can usually you can almost always hear them but you can't always see them uh and then there are the gigantic mech warrior yeah you know fuck you bots <laughs> yeah the area uh denial bots yeah um and you just kind of have to deal, if you get that uh the emp discharge in your fist you can circle strafe the big ones mm -hmm. the little ones are too fast for that right um, so you have to take them out from a distance and this is you know you get MP, emp grenades you know when you talked about having a lot of different grenades like you really do have like five or six different grenades at any given time mm -hmm. for different situations. Yeah. And also like prox mines as well. Yeah. Um, yep. I didn't uh, like, I didn't get far enough like setting traps like that. Like that wasn't, that didn't work well enough for me to actually like uh, make that a viable strategy, even though I really yeah. would, would, would have liked for that to be the case. I didn't really try it. Like I'm sure it's possible. I just didn't, didn't mess around with it very much. Yeah. But yeah, uh, there are a couple of different ways into this. Like you, can, you can go through the uh, the access um, port. Uh, it didn't take me long to resort to just uh, um, start resorting to blowing up front doors, which mm. is what I did here uh, to get inside. Yeah, I usually would look for a vent. Mm -hmm. um, I, I try to because there's always a vent inside, mm -hmm. and uh, I you know just once in my life I'd like to crawl through a vent. <laughs> uh, so eventually, you make your way through this kind of dungeon. You get to this uh, this bio lab. Um, where you find these two doctors, they're talking about uh, waiting on an extraction from Nasif. Like, she's going to get them out of there. Right. And, uh, you know, if you're with the order, you're told to kill these guys. If not, you're just told to steal from them. And they're not hostile immediately. Um, you show up and they say, like, hey, um, you know, if you're going to become a new J.C. Denton, just kill me and uh, <laughs> it will start a new collapse. Right. Like. Yeah. Um, and they say, like, but if you want more, like, if you want to know about this, you need to find the Chicago project director. And this is a case where everybody was hostile to me, so he didn't actually give me any information. The uh, He becomes hostile if you're with the WTO once you touch the mag rail. Ah, okay. You can start off, and, and I end up killing, uh, the, I didn't kill the scientist, I killed the other guy, the guards, because they didn't want them to fuck with me once I got the mag rail, because mm. I wanted the mag rail. <laughs> um, the, uh, the mag rail is pretty cool. Uh, you don't ever have to give it back or anything, and it has its a uh, secondary fire is a really strong EMP pulse, hmm. which will shut down cameras and bots. Nice. And uh, its primary fire can shoot through walls. Um, so <laughs> with that, with the, uh, the it doesn't have like unlimited range; it's kind of short range. But with the uh, the thing that allows you to see through walls, hmm. it's really powerful. It gives you hacks. Yeah, it turns into a, um, into a perfect dark. Yes, you you have become a, a Counter Strike band. <laughs> you've been you've been uh, busted by the punk buster. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Also, down uh, here in the bio lab, they've got an alien, which like that was yeah. a late game reveal. Here is just like the first big dungeon. Hey, what up? We got grays. The uh, the grays are are pretty because in uh, in Deus Ex, there's a really great one of my favorite bits of detail where they're like this thing might be an advanced uh, species, but it's lived its whole life in this lab. Mm -hmm. You know, like it has no more knowledge than a cow. 
<laughs> here it's like they kind of re uh, retcon that or the greys are just kind of have more information because they're explicitly not uh aliens right in deus ex they're they're made they're built mm-hmm. um and and here it's the case too but you get the sense that maybe something because they're still really desirable like they're still treated with more curiosity than the greasels yeah um you get the sense that maybe they stumbled upon something kind of crazy because you know they they used Material from Area 51. Mm-hmm. So they're constructed, but I, I think that they might be cloned from aliens. Yeah, they, they basically become Vortigaunts here. Yes. Or what yeah, Vortigaunts would, be, would become. Yeah. And I think this first one um, is the first one you can lit out of its cage and mm-hmm. let him wreak havoc. <laughs> um, things a lot of times they end up being environmental hazards, but they're almost never hostile to you. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Real creepy voices. <laughs> for sure. Especially later. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like this is, you know, you go there, you get the, you get the, uh, uh, mag rail. I ended up not being able to get it because I had to kill Dr. Patton. So I think that mm. maybe they're, they're possibly every with the order. You can get the mag rail. I mean, just, if you just let them live, like it doesn't matter really, um, which, which side you go with, but I ended up not getting the mag rail. It's a uh, kind of a bummer to hear that it's so powerful though. Does it like yeah. churn through a bunch of ammo or like what? It's, it's, it's fairly high ammo. Use, yeah. I didn't use the uh, shooting through walls function. I use the EMP function a lot. Yeah. Because uh, it's nice to be able to shut down cameras from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's a good weapon. So, yeah, um, yeah. So no, no need for a reset. Like it's not. It's not so good that you know you shouldn't feel too bad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is uh, like you know you you have what you came here for. Like you know with me for the order. You know I took out this guy. Um, you know a, a new person's just going to take his place and make an even worse weapon. But things are better momentarily. Like how like yes. how does that resolve for WTO? Uh, more or less the same. You just like, you're not trying to stop the weapon. You just want to be able to make it and regulate it. Hmm. So there's, there's kind of less fanfare. Yeah. Like you end up taking the, uh, the specs and then I end up getting the, the weapon itself, which I need to, uh, and then just end up getting out. Yeah. So I got, I got a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And this kind of ends it. Do you remember what the uh, motivation to go to Cairo is? Like, is, is I... it that Nassif got, uh, extracted? Yes. That's where Nassif is. And WTO wants me to go. Like, confront her or take her out. Yeah. At this point. And um, this is before Nassif starts t- contacting you again because she's still on the run. The next area is uh, your your next big hub. Your city is Cairo. There's a cool little detail when you first get to uh, Cairo where your uh, Ava Johnson, the pilot you're using, uh, still thinks that there is like, she's like, why can I not find a commercial airport to land in? <laughs> and you're like, oh, there hasn't been commercial air. <laughs> there hasn't been a commercial air flight for 20 years. <laughs> and when they pull the body from the... <laughs> It was the, uh, this very night. Uh, so she, and she's like, huh, I'll have to update my information. And you're like, wait a minute, you're an AI. Cause, uh, you know, of course she is. You call it, <laughs> I, I called it pretty early. Um, when I played this, but still pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you still don't know who the passenger is or who she's looking for. Right. And, uh, you get to, uh, Cairo to this Medina, this little area. And it's kind of cool to see these different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is wearing gas masks here. Um, because, uh, there's this plague. Yeah. In uh, in Cairo. Yeah. It's uh it's similar to the to the Grey Death or whatever it was from the uh, for the first game. It's mm-hmm. like it's like a nanite, n- nanite plague um that is disproportionately affecting uh the Medina, which is uh this is one of those uh, areas where the news the news terminal uh, terminals have a discrepancy. Like they say, mm-hmm. Hey, there's nothing wrong. Everybody proceed about your day. Please, you know, be fruitful and work and 
you know, create resources. And when you go up to the, you know, again, to the, to the upper class area, they're like, oh man, like, don't even like look outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're done. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and there's, it's kind of sad. Like there are people, um, you're running these little short stories, like this, this guy who can't afford to buy, uh, get respirators for his family. Mm-hmm. And there's this like snake oil salesman who's trying to sell this, uh, this cola, <laughs> this like elixir that yeah. cures the plague that you can buy from him. Um, I killed him. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a there's all of these kind of different things. So it is uh, you get the sense of this like great economic disparity, um, yeah. which and, is kind of a bummer. And the, we run into a Queequeg guy here, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know he's, he's he's in the middle of like a, a plague zone, so business isn't great. Uh, but he thinks that uh, if you can get NG residents to endorse Queequegs, business will pick up. Right. Um, and so like, okay, wherever Queequeg is, Pequod is not, uh, not far behind. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, let's see what the other side of this is. Yeah. Um, you, you head up, he, that, that person's up in kind of the, the swanky area <laughs> and he says like, no, I mean, I could use more money, get him to get her to endorse, uh, Pequods. <laughs> and I think the difference is one of them will give you the money in advance, uh, to it's, do it. It's a, uh, one of them will give you, um, a bio mod and the other one will give you, I think money or a weapon, weapon mod. Mods. Yeah. Yes, weapon weapon mod. mods. Yeah. So it's, which one do you want? Which reward you want? Mm. Um, so I ended up doing it for, for Pequods because, uh, Biomod is more valuable to me than weapon mods. Same here. Yeah. So poor, poor Queequegs. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, you end up talking to NG Residence's manager and then you can actually talk to the NG Residence construct and say that your manager is taking bribes <laughs> and, and she goes, Hmm, I'll have to fire that bitch. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> which is a great line. Yeah. It's a, it's a real good line. Good, good line read. Um, <laughs> She's in the middle of singing too. Right. It's like, la, la, la. I'm gonna have to oh yeah. 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 She does. She goes, la, la, la. I'll have to fire that bitch. Um, yeah. Pretty good. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, but again, just a uh, international coffee wars. They're here. They're real. They're touching all of our lives. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, you know, because of, you know, the hard times here, the order is kind of like former open, um, in uh, the Medina than they were in Lower Seattle. Um, yeah, they so, have a mosque. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, like just they they are the center. Like you can see like you know a hollow sermon taking place at the end of one of these uh, one of these places. But this mosque is kind of a kind of a crossroads between the Medina and the Arcology. Um, but uh, you go here and you meet uh, you meet Billy and she's talking about uh, unification with this new guy uh, Samad. Yes, who has a real bad case of villain voice. <laughs> like it, because it, you can, you know, spoiler, you can side with the, the Templars if you want to in the end game. But like he does not, nothing he says or anything comes out of his mouth makes it seem like it's not just pure evil. Right. And like you could play this game as a huge asshole. You know, I mean, you're, you're being an asshole anyway. Like just playing <laughs> the game correctly is a lot of breaking into apartments and stealing stuff. And yeah. I don't know about you, but every time I broke into someone's apartment, I threw all their art. Oh yeah, um, you know, just like you don't, you don't get culture. <laughs> None of this for you. Go read, go read a book. Yeah. Um, but the uh, he, he's just like I don't know whose voice it is. It's not Tony J. It's another very like kind of character actor, voice actor, right? With a with a real serious like mm, yes, uh-huh. yes. We have doc- <laughs> we have doctrinal differences, but yes. ultimately we all want the same thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so Billy is kind of tasked by, uh, uh, what's her name? Lin Chen, uh, uh, to figure out what's causing this Nanai plague, but she, you know, in, you know, something that kind of like is foreshadowing her, um, and her priorities, she's more interested in, uh, kind of like taking out revenge on the thief. Yeah. She, she really resents the fact that she was kind of raised in this thing and, and had things done to her, right. uh, which makes sense. Um, yeah. So she wants you to take her in the thief. Everyone wants you to take her in a thief in mm-hmm. some way or another. 
Um, she's growing food here. She has a family farm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the uh, WTO wants you to go in and uh, destroy the farm, more or less. That's a real um, dick move. It's a real dick move. There's a bunch of cool different ways you can do it when you eventually get in there. Um, you can, like, change the uh, the respiration system. You can set fire. Like, mm. you, can, you can do it real simple. If you have a flamethrower, you just, like, <laughs> and just, <laughs> you just destroy just Scorpio it. Yeah. yeah, you just hang Scorpio it. Um, yeah, but it's just, it's just a, a Deus Ex combat dungeon. Yeah. Once you get in there. So. <laughs> I also like, uh, just in, tra- in tracing down a lead for the, for the order, I go find her cousin <laughs> and he's like, yeah. what the fuck is this? Why is everybody coming and ruining my shit? That's... Yeah. I found him too. And it, it creates this thing that doesn't feel like it feels too substantial for a side quest, but mm-hmm. it, it is a side quest about, uh, her cousin's uh, daughter who is in the Tarsus Academy in Cairo mm-hmm. up in the arcology. And there's this whole subplot with like, which is this is this part's pretty neat, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you go through the school and the kids are missing, right? And uh, it's like, why are the kids missing? You talk to the the headmaster and he assures you it's nothing. Um, you explore and kind of poke around, and eventually the kids have found their way into this like little disused uh, like hiding spot mm-hmm. um, because uh, they're hiding from the headmaster, who is a Templar and is going to murder these kids oh, wow. because they're going to get uh, you know augmented because it's a Tarsus academy like that's what's going to happen this is the next generation yeah of uh of you guys and uh you you find uh his like secret lab and stuff and you expose him and he freaks out in front of everybody and you get into a big fight <laughs> it's pretty great yeah um all the stuff with the uh the tarsus academy here is pretty good yeah i completely missed that i think i went in to find the seat and that was it it's a, it's so weird that it's optional because it feels really significant mm-hmm. um you know it's, and it's pretty like finding the thing is difficult like it's a big big area mm. but there's a lot of optional content nice so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, your goal is to get up to the arcology, right? And, you know, again, it's the pizza. They're they're locked away. I end up uh, getting a pass from the Omar um, who want me to investigate the Nanite Plague and see if there's a cure. Basically, they want me to expose the corruption um, in the WTO and just kind of the like the city council um, that is kind of keeping this uh, this lower class down. Yeah. And yeah. when you run into the Omar, there's a little side quest you can do um, for your old buddy, Leo, who we, <laughs> we heard about him getting this job down in the Greasel Pit. But uh, he's guarding the Omar. Right. Like he gets a job being a bodyguard for them. And uh, he says, like, hey, there's going to be this Templar raid. See if you can find out when it's going to be so I can be ready. And you can break into this Templar kind of sniper nest. <laughs> well, you, and, uh, you, you climb into a vent behind their uh, their counter and hear them uh, hear, hear them talking about their plan. Um, well, you can you can do that or they have uh, over near the mosque. Oh, shit. Apartment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can do either way. You can overhear at either place or you can find like a data cube over by the mosque oh, that's pretty cool but they have a recruitment station yeah uh, that's that's what you're talking about which i love that too because it's like the <laughs> they're operating in the open very evil yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can say you want to join too and they'll be like great you know <laughs> and it, take, it comes up later if you say yeah you want to join take these pamphlets yeah yeah um but they also uh the omar want me to investigate the templar exoskeletons so they're like there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff um that is kind of like yeah it's because a security chief died and they want you to take his corpse yeah. um so they can check it and they're like you they're like you want to haul a corpse down to you and they're like no just take a, a sample oh th- those are uh harvesters that's not the omar oh yeah shit you're right <laughs> it's like a shady yeah, yeah. dude he says like no you don't have to haul the body just kill them and our our collectors will arrive yeah yeah i forgot about that guy that's a weird like underexplained piece of lore <laughs> it really is it's weird yeah there's like weird because people have so many different changes they make to their body there are people who go around collecting collecting corpses yeah to like, like steal the technology from their body yeah i, I love that as like a like an ip law kind of thing like oh we're yeah. gonna do we're gonna get around this by uh you know just kind of like harvesting and then reverse engineering this thing we want to sell is the That's sense pretty, that i got for it yeah 
Yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you you help out uh, Leo with his thing. You go up to the Arcology, um, which is kind of like a combination mall airport. Um, <laughs> it's really fancy. Um, you know, they acknowledge the plague here, but they also don't have to deal with it because it's got, you know, better respirators and, and uh, better filtration. Yeah. Uh, so this is where you do the NG resonance thing, and you also uh, um, go to the Templar terminal, which is guarded by this huge military robot um, yes. up here, like way at the top. Um, and, uh, you know, you eventually figure out um, that uh, the chairman is one of the people who is kind of like in cahoots with the Templars and also kind of taking this. Uh, there's like a lot of political craft going on to uh, to stop the uh, the nanite cure from being uh, sent out. Yes. Yeah. So you find out about chairman. um He's up in Hangar 23 of this, like, private airport. Um, this is where, if you go in with uh, Leo, I think you actually end up in the airport. Hmm. Um, over here, you land here. Um, you go find him, uh, and you, you talk to him. You can report him to NG Resonance, because <laughs> NG wants to know about this stuff. And this is where you confront uh, her with being a, a tool of the state. Um, and eventually, um, you, you end up talking to Nasif. Nasif is in a different, uh, like, a lab that is off of a hangar. Yeah, or a lab that is—it's like, it's it's like, that, like the corporate suite kind of thing. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. It's not at the corporate area here. Correct. Um, you go through here. You you have to fight your way through, but eventually you get to Nasif here. Yeah, and uh, you end up finding like to get there, um, a W two agent will come. A W two T O agent will come with you. Right. Um, to get through this <laughs> compound, this corporate suite, which is funny because they don't care that I'm working with the order. They just uh, they'll they'll, they'll do it anyway because they yeah. they want Nasif. They just don't want me to kill to kill her. And I think it's uh, Clara Sparks. Oh, is it? Here, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. Like her um, demeanor was entirely different. <laughs> it might not have been her. Um, <laughs> yeah. She shows up here later and you go do, I mean, you definitely like go fight with her at some point hmm. because I remember there being an, an issue where uh, there was a ceiling turret and she was aiming at it, but her aim was just off. So she wasn't hitting it, Ugh. but her AI was locked to shooting and she never has to reload. So she's just like <laughs> firing a stream of submachine gun bullets into a place next to a turret that is just hammering on her and she can't die. Like I turn the corner and it was just like, oh, okay. You, you guys are talking. All right. <laughs> Somebody comes in and hooks up like electrodes. Oh, we can power the city. Yeah. Exactly. There's unlimited bullet supply. Um, yeah. So maybe that's not here. That might come later. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what you run into uh, Nasif eventually. Yeah. And this is a big exposition dump. Um, which uh, kind of ties a bunch of stuff back to the first, you know, the first game. You know, like she, you know, Nasif is working for Apostle Corps. Uh, Tarsus is a front for this. Oh, and by the way, you are a clone of J.C. Denton. Yes. Oops. Yeah. Apostle Corps is run by the Dentons. Right. Um, um and uh, is kind of this extension of the MJ12 program, which uh, you know, was hijacked kind of at, at, at the uh, at the end of the first game. Yes. And uh, so so she, in order to kind of do the next phase of what their plan is, they need to get a hold of Tracer Tong, and he's in Trier, so you get sent to Trier. Over Germany way. Yes. Uh, so you head over to Trier, and uh, you're in the streets. There's kind of a trouble on the ground, and there are riots because Her Holiness is arriving for the summit, um, the WTO and the Order holding this kind of summit. Yeah, and uh, there's all kinds of like strife here. Like there are the uh, United Panzerwerk Union mm -hmm. um, there, who uh, somebody uh, ended up like their their work has been shut down. They think it's the Order that did it, so they're confronting like an Order seeker and they're going to kill him. And you can intervene or you can help or you can do whatever you want. It turns out it's not the Order. Uh, who did it? It was the uh, the Templars, of course. Of course. Um, but there's this kind of like rioting in the street sense. I mean, there's not enough people for that to really feel like that. Mm -hmm. But there are kind of hints of discord. 
Right. Yeah. But, um, and it never really like raises to a head when you're on the streets either. Yeah. Like it's not, it's, it's just kind of like a background factor. We're led to believe that there are riots, but this is, this is a kind of a, a small enough hub to make it feel like kind of insubstantial a yeah. little bit. Like it's mostly like, you know, some empty space between, uh, between the two combat dungeons that you're going to face yeah. here. And there, there, there's a, there's a bar there that there's some stuff. This is where you meet the human who's the representative of the Omar, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of fun. And he takes you to this unused shop. <laughs> like up at the top of this thing, it's like there's shelves knocked over and stuff, and that's where the Omar do their deals in Trier mm. and everything, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, but uh, for the most part, you find Tracer Tong in this bar. Yeah, <laughs> and he says uh, there's a portal underneath the Black Gate. Uh, the Black Gate is uh, I don't know. Uh, with a, is it real? Is that a real thing? I don't know if it's maybe. I, I don't know. Like it is. It's an Apostle Court facility, which I assume it's called the Gate because it is a portal. Um, Mm, yeah, go, go go ahead and do a search for that. Uh, Tracer's been through some rough times. I don't remember him being uh, having Frankenstein face in the first game. No, he doesn't. It is uh, the Black Gate is is, uh, is real. It is oh, a wow. Roman uh, city gate in Trier, Germany. Oh, pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, the Porta Nigra. Hmm. So it says. Yeah. Very cool. But yeah, he wants to go. He wants to uh, to go there um, because uh, you know Denton is alive and well. Well, not quite well, but he's in a sanctuary in Antarctica, and you know just without any kind of like large scale flight, there's no other way to get down there. Yes. This um, will zap you there. Yeah. Uh, I assumed his Frankenstein face also came from the fact that he's really old. At oh, this point. Yeah. Like he wasn't young when he met him before. So this is uh, supposed to be him as an old man. Yeah. It is. It, it looks like he like survives some kind of accident or is like biomodded without, uh, without any real um, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Concern like for his appearance. German. Yeah. German, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, there's a cool, the the subplot with the Pequods and Queequegs comes to a head here. Right. Um, where Pequods, one of the Pequods owners is put in a complaint and corporate keeps hand-waving it, like, and not investigating it. Right. And he's like, why? Like, I'm going <laughs> to hire this merc- mercenary to sneak in and find out why. Um, and you do. You eventually get in there and you find out that the reason why they're not uh, suing or moving forward with this thing is because they're actually the same company. <laughs> right. So I, I, I love the explanation for this. Like, well, oftentimes the same company will use different brands. And like throughout this entire game, you know, you're doing these quests, assuming that it is a meaningful choice between the two of them. Yes. Um, and, you know, like, like these people are, you know, their their company is their life, right? Like this is their belief. And they're doing sometimes terrible things to each other. Well, that's the thing. It's like yeah. people died over the shit. Yeah. You know, it's like this is uh, it's real. It's real serious, and that plays yep. into the theming of the game. It's real uh, Team Fortress like, wow. too, actually. Like Red Team and Blue Team are the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, that's funny. Uh, and then that just involves breaking into the uh, the like the security uh, station. Yes. Um, the uh, the the security chief lady does she end up being important if you're on the WTO track? Uh, Donna Morgan, not particularly. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, you know, same thing. Like, she doesn't. Uh, similar to uh, Lynn Maychan, when you find out the big reveal. Mm-hmm. Neither of them knew, like they were puppets for this whole thing. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer because you eventually you meet uh, Chad Dumier, mm-hmm. here, who is the leader of Silhouette in uh, Deus Ex One, and uh, he is the leader of the uh, the WTO here, like the the actual main leader. Yeah, and he gives you the key to the Black Gate and says like, "Hey, you guys have a common enemy, or we have a common enemy. Go in here. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to the Black Gate. It's a big dungeon." Yep. You know, you, you do uh, some, <laughs> some invisible war ass combat. Yep. There's a, like a, this is, this was my first encounter with a gigantic um, military bot outside, yeah, like in bots. the courtyard. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, boy, oh boy, was I happy to have my EMP submachine gun. That was, yeah. uh, that was a good yeah. thing to have. Um, 
but yeah, like, you know, you end up like Tracer gave you, uh, you know, said like, yeah, there's a vent behind some crates on the second floor, um, you know, get there relatively unscathed. And then once you're inside, it's again, just, uh, an invisible war ass indoor dungeon, um, except yes. with more, with more caution paint around everything, <laughs> like a lot of black and white stripes or uh, yellow, yellow and black stripes. Mm. yeah yeah it's it's a little bit trickier we don't get into the really hard stuff until we actually get to antarctica mm -hmm. um but this is it's ramped it up um you eventually make your way through here and you get to these containment cells or oh, one of the things is chad dumier says uh her holiness can't die right like you need to make sure she she's alive no matter what and you're like i thought you guys were enemies and he says well we're enemies but still for world peace we need to live <laughs> um and this is the the big reveal here is when you get there and you show up uh, to find her holiness and her holiness is uh, nicolette duclair <laughs> um, who is another Illuminati member from Deus Ex One? Uh huh. And uh, it is the same. It is the, the Illuminati, right? Are <laughs> so, both organizations? Yep they are they are two faces of the uh, of the same beast, um, yes. as it were. And it's a surprise to uh, to the to the WTO representative who's kind of locked up in this. Yeah, and and Lin Mei Chen when you eventually run into her, mm -hmm. they're they're both just very <laughs> shocked about the whole thing. Like, they are... well, you could lie to Lin Mei Chen uh, later oh, on yeah? when, you, when when you leave here. She like comes up and says, "Oh, I've heard some some weird things about her holiness. Like, there's some rumors going around." And you can either like you know you can lie to her and like let her keep her belief, which is what I did, or you can tell mm -hmm. her like, "Yeah, uh, your totes the same people. So like your new office is there next to your worst enemy. Have yeah. fun. Bye. <laughs> Sucks to you." <laughs> um, the uh so th this is pretty cool yeah this right? is like, like i like this idea of this kind of grand scale social manipulation mm -hmm. i can't say i was surprised by it but like i liked how it recontextualized so much of what happened before and like you know you can say that like it takes a little bit of the of the gravity away from the choices you make that it all serves the same purpose however like that is a cool moment regardless and the way yeah. that it kind of like reshifts stuff and kind of uh, sets you up to be almost like independent, you know, it, it uh, yeah. Well, and, and it's kind of like meta too, where like the, the thing, the reason why people are easier to control in this version of the Illuminati is that they have the illusion of a choice, mm -hmm. you know, the previous in Deus Ex 1, um, they were not, uh, people rebelled against it, mm -hmm. you know, and by controlling the rebellion, like saying like, yeah, you're the order, you hate us, you know, like. <laughs> And actually have, it's like really, you know, pretty clever. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of works really well. Like it didn't take away the choice for me because the choice is really about, you know, this kind of augmentation thing that's going to come later. It does have a little bit of like Final Fantasy last disc-ness where like, oh, this thing you thought mattered didn't matter. What really matters is JC Denton's plan versus kind of the rest of the world. Right. Or, and their ideas. But it is a, a neat reveal and is a cool... It is like a dystopian kind of anti, you know, evil government plot done pretty well, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I like that it is framed up as an anticlimax almost. It's like, yeah. well, what now? Um, well, and... what, what now is that they, you know, in doing this, so they, they're not nearly as slick as they think they are because they let this kind of uh, fringe like splinter group get out from under their thumb. Mm -hmm. You know, so even when they try to control this rebellion, they can't. Right. Because uh, the Templars show up and and uh, Lucian uh, Saman, uh, Luminon, which Lu Luminon is, Saman, which Luminon hey, Saman, pretty uh, pretty clever, pretty clever there. Luminon, uh, Lucifer, yeah, pretty yes. good, pretty good. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Saman is the true believer, and he is the one you know that we met earlier in Cairo, who is kind of leading this and yes. uh, is is uh, very ideologically pure to the point where you know we're just going to kill everybody. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, as a, after you've kind of gone to the jail cell, they deploy these troopers. And this is the first time we see the Illuminati troopers. Yeah. 
which yeah. are these creepy guys they have not deployed yet. Right. Um, um, I, I like the way that they kind of keep the same model, but make it a little bit higher uh, kind of quality. Just that, yeah. they, that they still have these gray X-faced goggle dudes. Yeah. Around. They look like the, the cover of System Shock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and these things are kind of interesting to fight when you, you know, if you eventually end up fighting them, you don't have to. No. Uh, but if you do, uh, their kind of gimmick is that, I mean, they use mag rails uh, because you, you know, got <laughs> mag rails yep. for the uh, for the for the organization. And uh, they also when they die, they explode in a gas cloud. Right. And um, they self-destruct. Yeah. So they're so, tactically kind of interesting compared to the Templars and their power armor, which when you kill them, they explode. So yes. eventually all corpses become weaponized. Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. And so you go back to Tracer Tong. I'm like, hey, can you believe this shit? And he's like, yeah, you wouldn't have believed it if I told you. So you needed to see it. And mm-hmm. they are looking to get Denton so they can use this technology to kind of like uh, just uh, solidify their rule over the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's you still have to kind of deal with the Templars in the meantime. Right. Here. So they have a Templar compound in Trier you have to go deal with, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, there's some kind of back alleys that lead their way up to it. Um, this is a, this is a tough encounter. Um, there are, uh, and this is actually to get to the, uh, the teleporter. I want to say, um, is this under the black gate? <laughs> you need to no. get the, uh, you need to get the, like the DNA the codes. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah like, the you need code to go get, get the files, yeah. um, <laughs> the data. Yeah. You have to go get the data, um, from the tower. Um, so this is again, another dungeon. This feels like padding to me. Yes. Uh, this is the part of the game where like so far I've been really on board and I start to lose a little goodwill. Uh, with these increased kind of combat dungeons. Yeah. And it's a, it's a shorter game than Deus Ex, and you got the feeling that they knew that mm-hmm. and they were trying to. But I mean, Deus Ex had some padding too. You know, like that, that game has a couple, like two dungeons too many. Mm-hmm. This game probably has like four dungeons too many. Yeah. I think. And, just, and it still ends up being a shorter game, but it's just it's a less complicated narrative. Like, you know, smaller levels. Yeah. I mean, just like what I want is fewer dungeons per like mind blowing reveal. Almost like the purpose that this serves, which is for, you know, Luminon to say like, yeah, you know, I've, I've totally got Billy under my thumb and, you know, she has gone to kill JC. The stakes have never been higher, you know, go Mm -hmm. for it. Like that is, that is really all that I want to hear from this. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that could have done been done over the phone. (laughs) Like this could have been combined with the, uh, the black gate, I feel like. Yeah. Like have the Templars take over the Black Gate entirely, which they did, <laughs> but just have that be their compound. Yeah, you know, it's kind of cool. You go through this weird church. There, um, you're induced to like rocket turrets here. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the main floor of the church, I think, is actually kind of an interesting tactical fight. Yeah, because the obvious um, uh, the obvious way in is kind of guarded by one of these damaging laser grids. Yeah, um, so there's there's like a, it's hard to find a good way to get in there, mm-hmm. and uh, I end up doing a lot of like kind of tricky grenade bouncing and shit. To make this work yeah but uh so it's kind of fun to get in but at the same time you know there's not too much to it no um so yeah, yeah. so um all of you know all of your old friends are coming home to roost billy has gone to kill jc and then you find out that uh that clara has been embedded in the wto by the templars and you know she will uh end up dying if you end up not doing exactly what the wto says Yes. Yeah. And embedded by them, by the Templars. Like, it's not like she's like she's going to, she's kind of uh, held captive by the WTO. Right. Here. Um, not like the Templars didn't do it, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think the WTO is trying to use her as leverage. Oh, yeah. There we go. For, for what, you, what you need to do. It gets a little confusing um, because, like, also, I, from my recollection, Ava tells tells me not to fall true for JC Denton's lies, which doesn't make any yeah. sense whatsoever. No, I don't. That felt like a weird 
dangling line from an earlier draft or something. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty weird. Um, so you, you just had to make your way back through Trier and uh, and get a kind of get more of your mission, get kind of more information. Right. Um, Tong says, you know, JC, uh, when he merged, it went wrong and he's catatonic. Um, and you need to transfer your bio mods to him, like to kind of transfer the, again, the bio key. Mm-hmm. Like you're not actually going to give him your powers, but something about your presence uh, and, you know, flipping the button and doing the science mm-hmm. will make him wake up. It's the power of friendship and family. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if everyone prays at home, uh, JC Denton will come back to life. Um, this is where you can, you know, uh, maintain Lin Chen's trust or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, you find out her parentage. Uh, she's the daughter of Max Chen and Maggie Chow from MJ12. In a little <laughs> kind of like, that's a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Which just falls into that same trap of there are only like 10 or 15 people in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, she could have been a new character. I think it would have been fine. Yeah. Um, but eventually you go through the uh, teleporter of the Black Gate and uh, get to Antarctica, this uh, sanctuary here. come through and uh, you're surrounded by greys again being proto vortigots these are jc's friends and they're pissed off because a violent one filled with hate came through before you yes i wonder who that could be <laughs> um you know they give you a little mission to rescue these greys from the templars and uh you're kind of going through these little camps like they have these trailers set up mm-hmm. uh at various areas and uh this is where like they they have power armor and a lot of them have rockets right um which is kind of a pain in the dick mm-hmm um, because they take two headshots to kill now. So like my normal kind of predatory stealth approach doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of, uh, Antarctica, um, I ended up just using the speed mod because you can outrun rockets <laughs> and, uh, and just running to cover. Oh, that's good. Like, and, and I didn't have killing like a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. I just like you, this, uh, this trailer out, uh, in the middle here, you can run and go under it. It's got mm-hmm. like a, this little dugout area under it. And I would just sprint to that. And sometimes you wouldn't even be seen. Like the max level leg thing is is incredibly fast, <laughs> um, so you could kind of get down there before they even knew. Yeah. Um, and would usually, if I did fight, I would post up from inside the trailer. Yeah. And fight. Yeah, I I stayed at the perimeter and just kind of kited them around. Is yeah. what I ended up doing. Um, and they just used the uh, the sniper rifle a lot. Like that ended up being really useful for that. But yeah, um, it was it was less like predatory and it was more like. This is the best way that I know to kill these things in uh, in in very few shots. Yeah, they're they're they are too powerful of an enemy. Yeah, I think I find them frustrating. Um, and there there were uh, those kind of like power armors in Deus Ex One as well, but I felt like they were more sparingly used. Yeah, kind of from here on out, when you run into Templars, they're in this weird power armor. Yes, um, and like in an earlier quest in Cairo, you find out that like there's a a, a white triangle on their back that is their weak spot. Uh, good luck ever seeing it. <laughs> I, even when I hit it, I felt like I wasn't hitting it. Yeah. Like, or it didn't actually fire. So that's kind of a, it's a real misstep. Yeah. Um, so eventually you make your way to uh, JC Denton's sanctuary here, <laughs> um, where he's got to kind of build this gigantic temple thing. <laughs> for somebody who's is, been in a coma for 20 years. I think the aliens built it. Oh, sure. I think that's, that's why it has the weird kind of geography and stuff. Yeah. Or the weird archaeology, <laughs> which is, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, this is great. Yeah, this is a really cool moment because you, in order to kind of, uh, kind of repair his, like he has five different these nodes that you go through that are kind of these like representations of his memory, mm-hmm. um, but they that exist like in space, like you're teleporting to them, <laughs> you know. I don't, I didn't get the sense that I am in cyberspace because you pull out an item, 
from one of them. Yep. Uh, and then take it with you. So it's like they exist. It's just like I, I got the sense that like and there I think there might be text to support this, but I don't have the exact source. But that like, you know, so he's kind of dead and dreaming. Mm-hmm. I think that these things are being built kind of according to his specifications. Yeah, it's like his dreams are ordering the nanites around yes. him to do this is, is the yeah. sense that I got. Which is super cool. And it's building these like little bits of his memory <laughs> um, from Deus Ex 1. Like this is a really cool way to uh, kind of evoke Deus Ex 1 stuff, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, so you kind of go through, um, you're repairing these DNA uh, memories and then also kind of chasing Billy because she's mm-hmm. in there and she says she's going to uh, to repurpose this Helios core. Right. That he has. Uh, and they make kind of a good point. Like, hey, this is the person that you're going to uh, that you're going to side with. Somebody who is just like is so vain that they will reshape the world in their image. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who caused the collapse? Like, make really compelling arguments against J.C. Denton, which I don't hear because I don't uh, truck. <laughs> To anything yeah, I, that says anything bad about J.C. Denton. Yeah, so. I was I, I was J.C. Denton before. He couldn't be bad. Yeah, and that's yeah, a little bit, it's a little bit of a missed opportunity to, like, m- fight against that to make it feel like, oh, like, you know, you you did the wrong thing in the first game. Yeah. You know, like to like to make, you know, disillusion you with it. But well, especially since the, J, the J.C. Denton ending ends up working out pretty well, it seems like it's like pretty utopian. Yeah, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, like it's it's kind of an unknown, but it doesn't. It's not a disaster, right? Um, when you're here, so you go through these different areas. You go through his uh, his Hong Kong penthouse, his New York apartment. Um, when you're in the Hong Kong penthouse, grab the dragon tooth sword. Yep, it's on top of a shelf. <laughs> it's really really powerful melee weapon, <laughs> um, which makes the, me so mad that those uh, fucking those power armor troopers explode when they die. <laughs> right, because it's like this would be the way to deal with them. This does enough damage, but just I have to soak mm-hmm. you know a bunch of hit points if I if I do that. Yeah, uh, but you run into Billy here. And uh, she shows up. You're in the area of Area 51 where you were born, where mm-hmm. the tank was that the, the Alex D uh, tank was. And uh, she says, like, hey, you know, I'm going to stop you no matter what. And you can say, like, you know, I'm definitely not going to kill you or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and just whether you use, like, trank weapons, you can, like, knock her out yeah. if you want. I had no trank weapons, so I ended up killing her. Yeah, I ended up murdering her as well. Yeah. Um, she ends up having a couple bots that come with her. There are turrets that are uh active against you it's a really tough fight yeah. um this is a really good place for scrambler grenades which mm-hmm. we haven't talked about but those are grenades that change the allegiance of uh bots and mechanical things yeah it's like an aoe confused spell yeah so that's yeah. that's really good uh against the uh, using these turrets and the like yeah so. um but with her gone there's nothing standing in the way between you and reviving jc and when mm-hmm. you revive him you know he gets a couple of chances to to make a stump speech but here, you know, you get a chance to kind of interrogate him about his plan for the future. And I wish that there was more opportunity to do that, mm. um, to like say, like, OK, well, make your case for why you deserve my allegiance. Right. Yeah. And he lays out saying, like, yeah, every every civilization and all you know misery and inequality in the world, you know, comes from the fact that, like, human nature is assumed to be bad. If we were to take that and fix it, then everything would be good which is yeah you know like that, that that's a that's a shade of gray like humanity is a good thing i think yeah this, <laughs> he's arguing for a post-human like kind of benevolent dictatorship right you know of this kind of like i mean it's, it's an unknown thing mm-hmm. um and that's that's always been what the the merging with the helios has yeah. been you know and the idea being that his human side will temper it like humanity is not going away it's just going to be tempered by this kind of uh greater mind right Kind of thing is the idea. Mm-hmm. 
whether you buy it or not. I mean, I buy it because it comes from the lips of JC Denton. But <laughs> the uh, whether you buy it or not is is up to you. Um, <laughs> if you don't, like, you're not really given a good ending for this. No, uh, this game. It's like all kind of bad endings because the other kind of good ending, which we'll talk about, is also pretty problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, he needs he wants to get Paul. Like, go find Paul. Um, he's being held captive by the Templars in Cairo. Um, <laughs> you know, and then he also reveals, or you find out when you when you go to uh, go, go to either come in or come out, that Ava Johnson was Denton's pilot. Like, you yes. know, Denton is her is her passenger, and you have been helping each other find what you've yes. been looking for. Yeah. Um. So you you know you head over to uh, you want to head over to Cairo. You get a couple of radio messages here too. Uh, Salmon says like, "Hey, I destroyed Chicago, um, <laughs> but meet with me because I want to tell you about your past." Yes. Um. You know, you were designed to be average. You're a feeble little mongrel was made into a denton <laughs> which um, doesn't matter like i'm still a denton so fuck yeah, you <laughs> yeah who's not a denton you um so uh and he says that he introduced this interesting idea is that like the helios core was made originally as an ai for mj12 how do we know that jc denton is not still just doing mg12's will mm-hmm. or mj12's will like just doing the same thing it was designed to do like interesting like we don't actually know you know there's a lot of like great uncertainty here right um, um but it's a wonderful little uh it's a wonderful bit of um uh kind of like uncertainty for somebody who has played deus ex one and knows what mj12 is you know up to and capable of like yes. the idea that you may be you know helping somebody who doesn't know they're under the sway of this formerly kind of dickish <laughs> kind of kind of thing um you know that that would be possibly if there was more evidence you know a compelling case for siding with the templars Oh yeah, and yeah. and it's super sad for J.C. Denton. The idea yeah. that J.C. Denton might have like catfished himself into becoming an MJ12 pawn. Yeah, you know that's not what he wants. <laughs> that's not my buddy. Um, so you have to teleport out. Um, you have to go through this verse life base. Whew, uh, yeah, this this sucks. Yeah, this is uh, so. This is a a, a Greasel dungeon or a, you know a transgenic dungeon. Well, it's a couple different dungeons. Like part yeah. of it is a Greasel dungeon. Part of it is like regular Templars and stuff. But all of it is pretty obnoxious. Like yeah. This is real padding, and uh, fighting those transgenic things is not very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that they're being kept here. Like, I think that the Greasels in general are interesting in the lore. Yeah. Like, is like, making this kind of perfect attack <laughs> basilisk thing, and, and it never works out. And yeah. You'd think at some point you'd stop making them, <laughs> since they keep going amok. <laughs> uh, but like, I really, I really hate this dungeon. Yeah. Um, Which, again, it seems like something that could have been merged, like the, like the Black Gate and the Templar um outpost oh, yeah. right like you know they're like the, the cool thing about for the versa life base is that like you get all these uh apocalypse logs like saying we need to you know dedicate all the food that we are feeding to the greys to us so we can survive like yeah everybody is on their last legs right now and that, that stuff is great mm-hmm. you know it's just it's kind of interesting the way that it feels like there are too many dungeons even though the levels themselves seem too short yeah it really is just a pacing thing because you get that sense of like, oh, I'm done with this. <laughs> but, you know, and and then you go just back into another small thing and it gets kind of frustrating. Which, Whereas if they had been put together, if it's like one big level, mm-hmm. you know, if you take all of the dungeoneering that's in Antarctica <laughs> and make it all in like, you know, J.C. Denton has uh, co-opted a portion of the verse life base. Yeah. However, you know, he has like an energy field up. The Templars can't get in. They have the rest of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was research that was being done here. Like, just do it as one big level, yeah. like one classic Deus Ex level. Reduce the uh, number of moving parts. Just make it denser. Yeah, that would have been a good idea, I think. Because by the time I got the, to this part, I was pretty done. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a lot of my goodwill and my memory of this game came from that first half to two-third. Yeah, like, Cairo is, like, the concentrated 
best portion of this game, I think. I think so. And when you go back to Cairo, it's cool, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. after you do all this stuff, which, you know, there's not a lot to talk about. You fight new monsters. There's a Templar who's in a jail cell who kind of appeals to your sympathy. And if you let him out, he betrays you. <laughs> of course. Because uh, he's, you know, they're, they're, they're zealots. Yep. They're um, unambiguously evil, which sucks. It, it does suck. It's kind of that the part we kind of talks himself into doing it is kind of fun because <laughs> he's like, you're like, you're a little out. He's like, yeah, thanks. And, you know, the only reason why you got here is probably because of those bio mods. <laughs> God, you, you know, and he, you can hear him like kind of struggling. He's like, you, you, you even smell different. Like you, you look different, <laughs> you know, and he just can't handle it. And crisis he, of I, faith averted. Yeah, I've shot him in the face. Yeah. Um, crisis of faith achieved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is, it is a frustrating dungeon. You go back to Cairo, and this is kind of cool because yeah. everything has gone fucking crazy. <laughs> um, you know, there are Illuminati troops on the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you really get the sense that, like, the, the WTO order Illuminati has, like, lost control. Gary, um, I can't hear you say Illuminati without hearing you say Illuminati's House of Pies. Illuminati's House of Pies. <laughs> this whole thing is about Illuminati's House of Pies. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I was so happy to get a live performance. Of that. Yeah, the, the build the build a bear group. Um, uh, Secrets. Yeah, yeah the, the, um, everything's gone crazy here. Right, like it's it's escalated to a terrible degree, and like you know, innocent good people are in the crossfire. Yeah, yeah. Um, the mosque has been taken over by the the Templars, and that's like kind of the critical thing you have to do. Right, um, is kind of get through there, and 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 that's that's tricky. They have a gigantic military bot in the middle. Mm-hmm a hard dungeon but the, the cool thing about going back here is all the little flavor things mm-hmm. um so you can go uh you find leo here and i love this little bit uh because he's like he's joined the omar but the omar knows something's coming like they're like hey things are going to head situations are getting worse we need all the recruits we can get <laughs> um he says like you know i'm still i'm still sore from when they replaced my like skeleton <laughs> thing it's like oh which is like it's it's a it's a it's a horror thing right yeah like he signed up for something but he didn't know what it was and as they tighten the noose you know he loses more and more of himself that's a that's a terrifying idea but just the idea of this hapless dope who originally was captain of the football team and ends up being a transhuman skeleton mod is uh pretty great yeah i I love i love just him uh it's pretty funny and I love him just like, I'm still sore from that. Like that's still, I don't know what, that's just like a relevant detail that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like, no, they say they're going to come like, cause they, they, at first they gave him time to decide, Yeah, you know, whether he wants you, it's like you get a month to decide or something like that. But he's like, like now they say that I no longer have time to decide that they're going to come in my sleep yeah, and complete the transformation, which is removing the frontal lobe of your brain mm-hmm. and replacing it with like a, a neural net, like a, a hive mind. Yeah. Super creepy. Like, and at this point, you know, if you're a decent person, you can give him money to get out of there. Right. He's and say, like, like oh, you know, <laughs> catch a flight. Yeah. If I if I try to run through the desert, they're going to find me, you know, with, with with their heat scopes. So, yeah. Yeah. Just just run. I, run, Leo. Run. Yeah. Run and, and meet me in Antarctica. Like you can say, like, you know, he says, like, is there anywhere you want me to be? Mm-hmm. And it can be like, I could use your help. Like there's shit going down and you yeah. can kind of get his loyalty from this. Yeah. Um, and he can be your buddy. Um, and he ends up representing. Uh, and it's super ironic, too, because he ends <laughs> yep. up representing an ending. <laughs> That he doesn't want. <laughs> right. Um, that he's explicitly been trying to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, through the mosque, you get up to the arcology, and uh, this is where you end up uh, trying to find Paul. Yes. Well, there's a couple other little bits here that are kind of neat, too, because yes. you talk to uh, Saman here, and Saman, you know, tries to get you to join him. He says, like, hey, kill Paul Denton. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we want. Um, if you earlier, if you ask to join the Templars at the recruitment station, 
he says like, you know, you once asked to join us and you're like, are you kidding? <laughs> like I was, I was just trying to get in. He's like, no, you meant it. Yeah. Like, no, I didn't. Like you, you just kind of argue with him about that and sad. Uh, and you, you kind of have this like back and forth. The coolest thing you can do here is uh, NG. When you talk to the NG residents hologram, the real NG residence is pinned down. Uh-huh. In a, uh, she came here for the concert that was scheduled, <laughs> got pinned down in a, in a terminal, and you can go rescue her. And she's awful. She's like, she has terrible. Nothing, yeah, she's just like a like very much like like a pop star trope, like oh, a Paris yeah. Hilton, you know, uh, kind of uh, kind of thing. And uh, it has nothing to do with the uh, this AI that was made of her, which again <laughs> it kind of like plays in these themes of this like idealized version of a human that is tempered by a computer mm-hmm. versus the actual. The actual thing not being so great. <laughs> the actual terrible thing in her uh, in, in her hangar that is full of uh, chests that are full of drugs and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Like, I like the way that this subplot ends. Yeah. Um, but really, you're here to go through this kind of uh, this this terminal and get to uh, Paul Denton. Right. Uh, one gigantic military bot later and a bunch of uh, shitty exploding Templars. I never tried using the exploding Templars against the bigger stuff like that should be a bigger factor, right? Like, okay, so if these enemies explode and, you know, I kill one of them, he should take out his buddies, right? They're that's just a, not dense. They're not dense enough. Yeah, that's a that's a uh, terrible design flaw in your shit. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it, and there's not really a warning either. It should at least, like, you know... Beep, beep. Yeah, yeah. Pre- yeah go Predator, right? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't do that. It's a terrible design flaw, and you can't really tactically use it. Right. So, so yeah. Uh, Paul is in stasis. And um, uh, you go there. Oh, there's a Templar who wants some blood from your finger. Hey, Gary, can I have some yeah. of your blood? I I, I love that guy. <laughs> just, I just like no, this will be I need, painless. I you know I, I I'm I'm trapped here. I need a little bit of blood to power my car so I can go visit my aunt in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think I guess I'll give you a couple. Well, no, uh, the uh, the blood guy though. It lets, I like how it lets you get close to these guys. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Before actually fighting them, because you can go up to blood guy. Uh, get like just outside of his range and then throw a gas grenade and <laughs> knock out like a bunch of them. Cause he has the, the, they're all kind of posted up other yeah. than the bot. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the, and I can't remember why the, the, uh, uh, Templars want your blood, what they're going to do with it. It's something about like, uh, just investigating your, your, your mods yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you eventually, you, you kill all those guys, you find Paul, um, Paul, uh, was going to get the, the nanite infusion, the thing that JC Jen wants to do to everybody, mm-hmm. but he reacted badly. Right. So again, adding kind of more shade to like, do you really want to do this? <laughs> um, yeah. So like you were the uh, kind of the third option almost yes. for this. Like, okay, if, if, if Paul doesn't work and he didn't, we need to have this other Denton, you know, rising up through the ranks to come after yes. Um, so you end up going to Liberty Island uh, here, um, where uh, you know back where the first game began. Yeah, and uh, even the same dock uh, where yeah. you find Tracer Tom. Yeah. Yep. Um, there is uh, the Statue of Liberty is now gone. Um, <laughs> it's replaced with a holographic projection. Yeah, which is super cool. I wonder if that was made around the same time. Um, I'm not making light of uh, 9/11, um, but like when they were saying, "Well, we we're not going to build a new tower on Ground Zero. We're just going to have those uh, beams of light." Up. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, try, try and destroy this. Well, you can't. Yeah. 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 Can't destroy light. I don't know. Um, the, uh, so this is the, the end game um, where everybody wants you to grab the Aquinas protocol to do their thing, whatever their thing is. <laughs> and you're kind of, uh, you're contacted by all the factions. You have your kind of options here. Right. Um, 
you know, whether you, who you want to upload it to when you go to the, the, the machine at the end. Um, you also have these different camps. The different factions have different camps that you right. can fight your way through or go talk to them. Mm-hmm. You kind of get a Kaiser's mark that allows you to go walk over to them if you want it. Yeah. Um, and this is, you're essentially choosing an ending here. Right. So you can go see like the Dentons and JC gives his whole big speech about the, about the post-human society. Um, you can go see Tong, you know, he's kind of alive there. He wants you to fix the robots, which I guess makes some of the outside combat easier. Like you have some allies. Um, but, uh, I love this explanation. So Liberty Island is completely frozen over. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we've seen Deaden has this power to use the nanites in the air to like, uh, completely stop the kinetic energy of stuff. And so, mm-hmm. oh, he's totally just a God. Like this is a man who can control the weather. He's like, he's Dr. Manhattan. Right. Yeah. Um, and that scares Tracer Tong. Mm-hmm. Like Tracer Tong is no longer like, that's not Tracer Tong and Daisy Denton are no longer on the same side. Right. Here, much as they weren't in the, uh, the same one in the first one. Yeah. They're not necessarily allies here. Yeah, Tracer Tong in the first one was more like, let's set everybody back to zero. Yeah, he's the he's the reason why the you know he wanted the collapse. Right. Um, so he's not exactly a faction here. You can't side with him, right. but he is uh he's still you know still nervous about that. He's there to make um, you he's there to make you doubt JC, much like Leo is. You know, he shows yes. up and he says, We just need to kill them all. I hate the Templars. Um, I know what biomodifications run amok can do for people. And he yep. says, you know, the Dentons may as well just be the Omar. Yes. And and the Illuminati's no better, you know. Um, I can't have these people controlling our lives, like just kill them all, kill all the leaders. Right. And that's how you get that ending. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh the Omar takeover. <laughs> um it uh jokes it, on you, buddy. Yep. Uh enforced biomodification for all. <laughs> American flags for some. Um uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's the sad part about Leo Jankowski Jankowski. But he'll help you with uh you don't have to do that. He'll help you fight uh the Illuminati too. Right. Which is cool to have an ally. Um, there, uh, the Illuminati wants you to upload the thing to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're ending if you do that. Uh, and there, there's a lot of combat and stuff in between. I'm kind of hand waving. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, if you do that, um, we the world looks very utopian. Um, <laughs> but they have more or less put in the uh, the old kind of Aquinas product protocol that does like several trillion calculations per second. Like it keeps an eye on everyone. Right. Like it's essentially it is a utopian police state. Yep. And uh, uh, like just it basically nothing has changed because, you know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden this faith pops up around this Ophelia, who's like this techno god who presides. Ophelia, over I think Ophelia is supposed to be the uh, the thing that's watching everyone. Yes, that's supposed to be. So, um, you know, it's like, hey, you know, you should have faith in things you don't see mm-hmm. or anything. And what that is, is a big orbital station that literally keeps track <laughs> of every human being. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's no good. It looks good. <laughs> uh, you know it has nicer music than the other endings but it, you know it's yeah. all right yeah um, uh, i'm just if, if we're doing the endings so if you kill everybody and then just don't upload the uh the, the aquinas protocol um it just basically causes another collapse and only the omar can survive and they're yes. going to go infect other planets yeah yeah exactly they turn their their attention towards space <laughs> so you've created like an alien hive race yeah which that's pretty rad <laughs> um the denton ending so you you kind of fight your way through uh to the old UNATCO headquarters and get the uh, nice protocol. <laughs> you say fight. There are like two Templars and most of it is a bunch of homeless people who are squatting hey, um, in, the, they, in, the, in the restroom where you, uh, you know, peeked on some ladies. There's, there's camp laws for a reason. You fight your <laughs> way through. Cool. Um, the, uh, you get your, and to get the JC Denton ending, uh, he uploads, cause he wants to 
make everybody else again it's kind of like a he doesn't want to make a hive mind mm-hmm. but he wants to kind of make everyone their best selves like kind right. of augment everyone yeah to make it's, this kind of a, a society of people who are superior equals right. i think is what he says yeah superior equals he also wants to uh completely automate um democracy basically saying like what if you know like representative democracy is a sham um it's you know full of corruption um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but what if we were able to just, you know, on a nanosecond level, instantly get everybody's opinion about the way things yes. should go? Like this is the platonic ideal of, uh, of a pure democratic society. It turns out the only thing that was getting in the way of us ever doing this was humanity itself. Yes. So you, you do that, you get this ending where the, uh, it shows the Statue of Liberty and all these people are kind of have, uh, glowing heads <laughs> and are looking up at it. And, uh, you listen to Helios, uh, talk. And kind of, you know, collect all of this information. Um, th- you know, this is this is the consensus we created. Your needs are the needs of all. Right. And it seems pretty, you know, it's a post-human society, but it seems pretty sweet. Yeah. Like, this one feels like the best ending. I was worried that they were going to just be like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's Denton. And it's, it's the best because it was Denton. And you know him, right? But in reality, like, this, you know seems like the best solution you know that creates like the utilitarian most amount of happiness the whole question of humanity let's brush that aside yeah exactly so it's, it's whether you want to make that trade-off i'm glad they didn't just go for the like oh denton turns out to be a villain <laughs> angle you know it's kind of interesting that he's like telling the truth like it's a it's a chance mm-hmm. you know but it's it's a, a chance that's worth taking yeah um and then you can do the templar ending uh, which you do you give them the apostle? Do they want the Aquinas protocol? Uh, uh, you, you, you you give it to them and they use it to uh, to start hunting down biobots. Yes, yeah, they, they find out that information and you get this really dark ending um, <laughs> with this kind of sermon in the middle of what looks like a warehouse where people are being hung. Yeah, like they hang a uh, gray and then you see a bunch yeah. of other people who are assumed to be yeah. biomod people. Like they just uh, set up this, they institutionalize these these pogroms to go uh, yes. to, to go you know wipe this out um, and kind of go back to this new dark age. Yeah. So pretty dark. Yep. Um, you know, not a very compelling argument uh, for that. But and you can kind of see how it'd be hard to justify it. Like, I'm kind of bummed out that there's not there hasn't been a proper sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, they keep doing those intercools. It'd be hard to justify any of those endings with anything. Yeah. Uh, but I do like um, I like the world that Deus Ex has. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the details of this world. I like the questions that this this franchise kind of posits yeah um and it'd be cool to see that kind of further explored yeah um yeah after we talked all that sugar about the about the jc denton stuff like it's neat to see a world where transhumanism is kind of positive but not glorified and not yeah. like explicitly demonized either like this is this is progress and it is only shown as that yes. like it, it's almost become you know but by deus ex certainly but also here you know it's a force of nature and then everybody else is just trying to cope with it almost yeah. And it's nice to have something that is not, uh, you know, the, we, I, there's enough games about the dark side of science, <laughs> you know, or the, like the dark side of progress. Like, you know, they're, they're, it's okay to have something that is, it is kind of uh, hopeful and positive, even if we don't know what that looks like, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of the takeaway right. from this. Like, we can't really imagine that, but that doesn't inherently mean it's bad. Right. Um, the, uh, it is still like less of a, so it is like, this is a, this is a weird game. Yep. Like, you know, this, this has a weird place. In, in games, I think it really does. Uh, so it almost felt, um, and just I think our, our opinion about this differs. It feels almost like a, a compulsory or obligatory. Like we mm-hmm. want to follow this story up with something, and you know the changing market conditions and the you know the, the just the ch- the changing uh, mores of uh, of game design require us to do something that 
you know, may end up needing to be, you know, just, just different from the first one. Um, you know, I just, we were talking in Slack. I think that just overall down the line, this is probably the most like straight up middle of the road game we've done, which it, it sounds like I'm, you know, being down on it, but like, I think the big problem is, you know, aside from those things that we called out as being really neat, nothing about this really makes me feel much of anything. You know, it just it feels like about 75 percent in an awful lot of regards. You know, it doesn't feel like an especially great shooter. Um, You know, all of the like meta plot choice stuff is kind of is kind of neat. But like overall, like to me, it's just it's hard to get excited about that. I think that is really like, you know represented by the idea that you know when we just said oh this is just an invisible war ass dungeon yeah we're we're, we're going through like you know that kind of stuff should probably speak to me in a in in a way that this didn't and it feels it it feels a little bit uh, unsatisfying in that regard to me like we said that about uh every 3d fallout dungeon we talked about we were just like this is a fallout 3 dungeon Mm -hmm. you know like there's there's kind of like having that kind of individual granular kind of tactical interest and these things is not something that comes up very often yep. in games, even in, in good games. You know, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a mark against the quality of it. I think that the uh, the if this was the priorities were just a little bit different mm-hmm. in this, like I think it has it could have been really good. I think that the actual like the storyline is t- it's telling doesn't feel compulsory to me. It feels like this is a evolution of what they are doing with Deus Ex mm-hmm. story wise entirely only. Like I don't mean you know, gameplay wise or in player choice wise or anything like that, or even level of detail. But the macro plot feels satisfying to me mm-hmm. as a, as a place to go yeah. with this. And uh, the individual, like there are a lot of little details I think are really, really cool yeah. um, that kind of elevate it. I think the reason that it is, it feels so kind of middle of the road. Cause I, I would give it it's like a B game too. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel like this is, you know, a plus material or mandatory to play. Um, the thing that kind of holds it back is the, balance of time like that simplification Mm -hmm. so like you are not you know as invested in your build it's not as specific a version you get a lot of that with the augments but not as much um and then they're just being kind of like less to do yep you know the focus on gunplay because deus ex isn't a good shooter either right um that focus on gunplay is really what kind of kills it for me yeah um and even if you can sneak past a lot of that stuff um you have fewer tools to do so and there's less kind of levels to do it in general right um, and that's, I think that's what does it yeah. like, that is what makes it kind of feel worse. Whereas I don't think it's necessarily the, the writing or story or characters mm-hmm. or even, uh, you know, down to individual like locations and set pieces. Like I'm pretty along for the ride mm-hmm. for most of that stuff. It's just the fact that you spend so much time shooting that bums me out. Yeah. And I like shooters. I just don't think this is a very good shooter. Yeah. I think we agree more than we think we do. Honestly, like you're what, what you're saying. I, I agree with all of it. Like, you know, in the absence of this being like a really good shooter, you know, if you made that choice to be, to be what this is like, you, you know, you can probably do something to offset that. I just don't know that it did. I feel, yeah, I, I feel, it, I feel it like it leaned, it leaned on not like a weakness, but like it leaned on something that wasn't a real competency. And, yeah. and, and, and that's a real bummer. And I think that, you know, I, I, yes, I am holding it to probably a higher standard than I would hold something like a fallout, you know, when we say like, yeah, it's a fallout ass dungeon or whatever, like, but there are extenuating factors that kind of like make you overlook that, you know, flavor wise mm. or anything. And this is, this is good there. It's just not quite enough to really make me feel, I don't know, like I just, it, the, the, there are games that we play for this show that I feel really passionate about. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that, that I think kind of like drives a lot of my affection for uh, affection for it. And like really most of my passion for this is just kind of like intellectual, you know, yeah. as opposed to like in the, in the, in the, in the moment to moment. Yeah. The actual moment to moment doesn't do tons for me either. And I, I try to be cognizant of, uh, how much of my affection for this is reactionary, mm-hmm. which is a thing like things don't exist in a vacuum. You know, people got mad at us on Bonfire Side Chat because we talked a lot of good stuff about Dark Souls 2. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, you know, you react to, to a consensus. <laughs> right. You know, that's a thing. Like, it's yeah. not, that doesn't need to be avoided. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing to hear because even as the shooting is not great, like, it is by no means like, like a literal trash fire. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing of this is as bad as people say it is. And it's frustrating to me that, like, there are people who have avoided this forever who I think would probably dig it. Like, if... Mm-hmm. You know, people who are really into Deus Ex and who like the lore and the kind of like, oh, every character kind of represents a philosophy, you mm-hmm. know, that like you're finding books lying around that are books about like the government, like for philosophies on the formation of government. You know, yeah. that's what people are reading in this world. Like that kind of thing as an aesthetic is appealing to me. Mm-hmm. And there are probably people for whom that is true as well yeah. who can't get over this thing that is like a like a C minus part of a game <laughs> that is like a solid B. Right. You know, and, and so I, th- I think I fall into that. Like I read the bad reviews of this or i heard that it wasn't you know just like you you just write it off based on the consensus right like if you if you if you fall for that or if you you know use that as your you know valid heuristic sometimes sometimes valid heuristic to just always pursue the things that you think are going to work best for you mm. right you know like playing this game was a risk that i didn't take back in the day when it was contemporary didn't have an xbox didn't have a pc that could run this very well still don't have a pc that can run this very well but for different reasons um and so you know i came to this kind of expecting you know just uh divesting myself of all you know preconceived notions but still having that in the back of my head and coming away from it being like oh yeah yeah it's (laughs) not like it is it is not a a joyless slog right and it's not and and i would be in a position to have be the most disappointed by this (laughs) Like, you know, I, I, I've said this before, I think, but like when I had my first PC built, I built it to the specs of this game. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I want to be able to play Deus Ex 2. How, you know, how do I play that? Yeah. Um, cause I, you know, I love Deus Ex and the, uh, so I played this right when it came out, you know, I got it brand new, spent like $50 on this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, like I knew that it wasn't as good, but I was just like, I'm having a reasonable amount of fun and it's fun to see these concepts. Yeah. You know, this could have been, this could have been my Dark Souls 3. <laughs> and and then it wasn't because it is not uh it's just it's it is n- neither higher highs nor lower lows like mm-hmm. there's nothing in this game that is as cool as the coolest thing in DS- deus ex but there is nothing that is so bad as to be worth like think pieces about how shitty it is <laughs> right. you know which is like and that's kind of it's hard to react not to react to that kind of stuff yeah well, don't, you know games don't need defending they don't i'm not going to attack somebody on behalf of this game mm-hmm. but i think that that is an exaggeration yeah and you know just who knows how much of it is this thing doesn't compare to the imaginary missed opportunity that i have in my head and if only they had hired me as a consultant on this everything would be, would oh, be sure. better in all games or you know there's like there's there's you can't discount that kind of tacit yeah, entitlement I, and you know yes. just in 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 what kind of forms that consensus around it you know yeah. yep and and there's a that that is you know it's not always false but you have to kind of like keep an eye on that yeah and then when when you did get a follow-up like i love human revolution i think mm-hmm. human revolution is a better game than this yep. um human revolution has a pretty dumb story uh <laughs> that ends with a guy trying to do uh 
more or less the same thing as this, <laughs> like a weird enforced bio modification that turns people into zombies. Jeez. And then you then you walk up and there's an ending Tron 3000. Like you literally just go to a console and pick an ending <laughs> from there. Like it is like that game is not perfect. It just kind of plays a little bit better. Maybe what I'm reacting to is a little bit of that kind of like, you know, I, I'm way into gameplay. I love game feel mm-hmm. and stuff. And maybe just that kind of bad shooting is what's being concentrated on. Mm-hmm. And and kind of sh- small levels, yeah. When it's like the other things that it does bad, a lot of games do bad, you know. And I just don't know why those are getting pointed out. Like, talk about the shitty kind of shooting and and small levels all day long because those are both true. Mm-hmm. But when you're just saying like, oh, you know, the story has this like ridiculous plot at the end, and and the ending is unsatisfying. Like, well, that's that's kind of part and parcel for the series, other than Deus Ex. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of a lot of parallels to Dark Souls <laughs> in this this whole thing. Yeah. And just, you know, it's it's one of those it's one of those uh, Brave Fencer Masashi kind of instances where we kind of like mildly switch places on it, where yeah. I'm where I, like I'm, I'm viewing the mechanics as more of a drag in face of, you know, story stuff that I acknowledge is cool, but doesn't uh, raise it up. Whereas you might be yeah. mildly on the other on, on the other side of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad we did it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very least like this is the most I feel like anyone's ever talked about this game. So it's, it's not like a game that gets talked about very often. Yeah. And eventually like in a year when we do Bioshock two, we can do that for that game as well. <laughs> uh, and just all the, all those little love sequels. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad we did it. Um, I don't feel the need to like, this is the third time I played it total. Um, I'll never play it again. Right. Like I don't, I don't feel the need to revisit this. Um, but I think that if you have any kind of tolerance for like, you know, kind of mid two thousands, shooting shooting games like xbox mm-hmm. one you know first xbox shooting games you can handle that and you yeah. like deus ex like this is worth picking up yeah and i was happy to play it because really my only experience in depth with this series is the first one and mm-hmm. um you know i like weird bastard entries in series you know especially yeah. much beloved ones um, second sons yeah exactly yeah. infamous second son me yes <laughs> these infamous second sons um <laughs> So uh, thanks, thanks everybody, for uh, for going along with us. What are we uh, doing next time, Paul? Well, Gary, next time we are doing two games. Uh, it is a split EP about rhythm games. Uh, we uh, have this poll, and people voted, and we're covering Elite Beat Agents and Rhythm Heaven. It is the showdown of the non-peripheral-based uh, uh, portable rhythm games. Yes. Yeah, yeah and it, it is. And, and, and Little Patapon is a third-party candidate. <laughs> me, me! Um... Yeah, and is, when you when you were uh, chatting this, you said rhythm heaven and rhythm hell, which I like a lot. Uh, the because um, this is a weirdly divisive. Like some people are like, oh, I like both of them; they're both great. And but a lot of people are just like, you know, our, ourselves included, are, are just like, this is kind of trash and this is really transcendent. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that'll be a fun episode. Yep. Um, I'm editing that one. I'm not putting in every good song from Rhythm Heaven. So I'm putting. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put like every five like. For every five mini games, I might put in one song. Okay, good. Just letting you guys know that I don't want to. I want to put in the good music, but like, 
literally every song in that game is good. That's great. I, I can't put in everything. Um, it's so good. Like the, the music <laughs> in that game is incredible. You can't pull a Maniac Mansion. I'm so happy nobody was upset that we put a Maniac Mansion episode in DOTT. Yeah, it, it seems like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to. Because uh, that would be, it'd be a weird thing to be upset about. I know, right? Because it's so good. And I was glad I got to use every soundtrack, every song on the soundtrack, which I did for the first time, the first Maniac Mansion episode as well. <laughs> But like all those songs in there twice. I think this is the only time I've used the unreleased track because fuck it. Because um, <laughs> it's real good. Live life um, to the hilt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maniac Mansion, Uberalas forever. Um, after that, we are doing our big summer JRPG. Mm-hmm. And that is Fantasy Star 4. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're following Paper Mario rules for this. We're doing uh, an episode, an episode, and an extra-sode. Yes. Um, so you have anything to say about that? Speaking of, you know, kind of bastard second son <laughs> the, the fantasy star series yeah um that's gonna be gonna be fun to to explore um little pro tip if anyone's playing along um i'm pretty decently into the game um i'm probably two-thirds the way through now um use guides for uh spells and combos and techniques and stuff yep. the game does not have it is prior to having like a little like tooltip yeah explanations for what that stuff does and you will have a much better time if you know what everything does right um, it is not a game where you can safely ignore your spells or abilities. Yes. Uh, buffs and debuffs, specifically buffs. Like imagine a Final Fantasy game where like barrier was the most important spell. <laughs> like that's that's what we're dealing with here. So yeah. uh, you need to be using that stuff. Yeah. Also, um, you have go- limited uses of uh, uh, sorry. Um, I'm half telling you this, Cole, too. Uh, but you have limited uses of your uh, your techniques, your non-spell things. If you're finishing dungeons with a lot of those left, you're doing it totally wrong. Hmm. Use those uh, because you will have a much easier time. The game is balanced for you to use your resources. Good. So, yeah. So if you want to play this, uh, it's available in the Sega Genesis collection on Steam, but that is Windows only. Um, there are certain territories where you can get it uh, in a collection on PS Vita. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, just on one of those compilations or good old fashioned emulation. Yes, yeah, you can just Google it. Um, you know, again, I don't feel bad. I've bought this game many times over. Um, yeah, so that's uh, and then uh, after that, yeah, do we want to say this? This is the uh, yeah. the anniversary. Oh, oh, yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for our anniversary, we're coming up on five years, which is uh, pretty crazy. <laughs> um, so for our anniversary, we want to do a game uh, that other people could play with us. Yes, because uh, community has been a big part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing an episode on Team Fortress Two. Yeah. Um, it's a big valve, uh, valve heavy year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to go ahead and set up a, uh, a server and we'll have details about that on social media. And, uh, for that, uh, kind of the three weeks prior to that month prior to that, we'll be playing some team fortress Two, And you guys can come on and probably, uh, murder the shit out of me because <laughs> I team fortress two was not my game and I haven't played in a very long time. Yeah. So I am bad. <laughs> um, but I am going, I'm looking forward to playing it with uh, people God. from the community. I love team fortress so much. Try, just try and stop me from talking about uh team fortress classic during that episode yeah i mean that, that's the thing it's gonna come up that's the one i played a lot of too. <laughs> me too um and i don't necessarily know that i like it better because right. i haven't given team fortress 2 a fair shake it's just the one when that i know team fortress 2 came out I, yeah exactly i was like oh this isn't familiar <laughs> um so i ended up putting it off a little bit but i recognize that it is it has a wonderful reputation mm-hmm. looking forward to playing it it's a very easy game for you guys to play along with us because it is free yep um so we hope to get a lot of people to come in and uh be using the server yeah so and there'll be more like anniversary stuff like we want to figure out more ways to make that a participation episode um, yes. but just uh you know listen for future announcements and uh watch our social media uh to see that like this is uh, you know five years holy shit it's the yeah, longest i've done long anything time. 
Yeah, it is it's a really long time. <laughs> I've been doing this show longer than I've done my current job. And people, when they hear how long I've been working on my current job, they're like, still? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this, the show outlasted my marriage. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I've been in Portland longer than the show, but not yeah. by very much. Yeah. So, uh, the, uh, yeah, it is, uh, it is a big, uh, it is a big deal. High so five. we're going to have, yeah, yeah, high five, man. Um, we're going to have some kind of, uh, like I said, some kind of audience participation thing. Um, it'll probably be a big episode and big episode uh, right around then. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, if you have anything to say about any of the games we have coming up, um, you cannot say anything about, uh, Rhythm Heaven and Riven, Riven, Riven Hell. This <laughs> to Riven Hell. This yes. to Riven Heaven. Um, <laughs> you cannot say anything about that game because we will have already recorded mm-hmm. at the time you hear this. Yeah. Um, Sorry about that. I went on vacation. Yeah, we we had uh, we had to plan around a lot of vacations, so things are a little goofy. But if you have anything to say about Fantasy Star Four, there's mm-hmm. still time. Um, hit us up at duckfeedtv forward slash contact. We would really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else uh, can they do? Cool. Well, um, this show is made possible in large part by the fact that we have a Patreon and all the people who are uh, so generous as to give to that. So if you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, uh, you can uh, get extra episodes of uh, Abject Suffering, another show we do. You can uh, submit priority questions for our live streams. And uh, also get, like, uh, some pretty cool postcards, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of rewards will be yours. Yeah. Us. Um, you can go to duckfeed.tv and check out the other shows we have on the network. Um, there are plenty of them. Uh, there will be definitely be something you're interested in. If you uh, if you don't listen to any of our other shows, check mm-hmm. those out. Yeah. Um, and then iTunes range reviews. Always helpful. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's talk about Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Cole Ross, K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S. Yeah. And you can find me at Gary Buh, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in, uh, in addition to that, selfishly, I want to tell you about Hexcrank. It's a project I've revived. It is my survival horror blog, and I'm kind of rolling in a bunch of uh, uh, video content and streaming and, uh, you know, like a link list posting and things like that. Um, that is at hexcrank.com. I'm currently streaming Deadly Premonition. As you're hearing this, you can go check all of that out. It is a good time, and I uh, appreciate everybody who follows and uh, joins in at uh, twitch.tv slash duckfeedtv. Yeah, lots of streaming. Yeah. Your stream machine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, check that out for sure. One hundred percent. Um, yeah. Anything else? No. Thank you so much for listening. I mean, yeah, thanks the, for listening. The and, whole five year uh, thing is like kind of shocking. So if you've yeah. been around, uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. Let us know if you've if you've been around since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And uh, until next time, uh, what should they watch out for, Cole? Uh, they should watch out for non piezo chem modifications. Umbasa. <laughs> Umbasa. <laughs> It's kind of good that we're not doing the extra so there. I am. Uh, I lost some steam there at the end. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm tapped. Um, I yeah. imagine uh, uh, the rhythm stuff is going to be better. I need yeah. to go make some dinner and then take care of some stuff for the level. So okay.
Uh, right. I will uh, I'll talk to you on Thursday. Okay, man. Uh, take All it right. easy. Uh, bye. Bye.